The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio Digital Media. Brought to you by Brown and Wood, Buick GMC, Cadillac and Mazda. Hey Pirate Nation, this is Tom Brown from Brown and Wood Buick GMC Truck. We've been serving the Pirate Nation in Eastern North Carolina for 83 years. We have four brands, three generations, two showrooms, and one goal to make sure you leave a happy customer. We're located on Greenville Boulevard next to the Convention Center or shop us online at brownandwoodauto.com. The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. You can paint this with purple. Now live from the Pirate Radio studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Hello and welcome to a Wednesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock here inside the Pirate Radio studios, a beautiful hot day in eastern North Carolina coming to you. On Pirate Radio, 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. We are on 1250, 930. You can find us online, PR927FM.com. And also watch the show on Facebook Live and on YouTube. You can be a part of today's program by chiming in on our Facebook Live feed or give us a call, 317-1250. Had a fun show yesterday with folks chiming in, including uh, Benjamin, our buddy, who... uh, didn't want us to look back wanted us to only look forward we'll be doing and then said it was okay to look back (laughs) we'll be looking back and forward on today's edition of pirate radio live coming up later on this hour we'll visit with the voice jeff charles he'll join us to give his thoughts on what happened last week what needs to needs to improve for east carolina and everything else going on in the world of college football at four o'clock our buddy wager mcgee will be back how did he do last week with his picks we'll tally up those numbers and we'll see what he likes in college football week three nfl week two coming up this weekend actually starting on thursday night football team and giants what a game coming up thursday night bryce williams will be here at five o'clock he'll uh, give his thoughts on the issues on the pirates offensive side of the ball we're here from mike houston and also first year head coach of the marshall thundering herd charles huff all that and more on the way plus we'll make you a winner plus mike mullis is here in the pie radio studios to kick things off hey mully hey buddy a lot of pluses there a lot of pluses i'd rather have a plus than a minus you know what i'm talking about yeah, uh, you sure. look uh it's almost red you've been outside what have you been doing well i mean i walked in the building i've been outside some yeah i mean we kind of work outside okay play golf i mean we, we you kind of looked a little white you're not been outside <laughs> not as much as you I mean, translucent looking a little crabby over there molly uh i guess lobsterish would have been a better word than crabby can we move on uh chandler how you looking you got a nice base tan going yeah shirley's tatted up all right everybody. i'm excited about my polo man looking great hey hey nice hat hey thank you hayes for horses molly just got geared up here. yeah i got a little swag and i like the it's hat of the team i do too i don't I, I can't wear that kind of hat but it looks good on you i gotta well, say uh, you know <laughs> looks good on you though yeah rodney dangerfield uh all right we are rocking and rolling on a wednesday edition of pirate radio live molly got a lot to talk to you about okay let's go you saw uh some bad quarterback play terrible over the weekend. move it on we can't move on yeah fitzpatrick was awful before he got hurt <laughs> he was. was just terrible he looked his age i gotta say and trevor lawrence was awful that was bad although i 
pick the Texans. And the, and the worst of all was Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> it was. You can't, uh, you can't outrun karma. And I, I, I knew. I, and I kind of feel like this is one of these deals he's made his bed. I almost texted you during the game. I did not. It would have been fine. I didn't know if you were still on the course or not. I didn't want to hit you like mid-swing. You'd no. be mad at me for three weeks. Uh, you jumped off the Rodgers bandwagon at the right time. Yeah. Uh, I, I, man, it, you know, I was hoping when Jordan Love came in, we'd see a little more than what we saw there. Of course, I don't know what kind of opportunity he really had. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I, man, I'm there. Rodgers thing, I... I don't know. I, I, is, is it now? Is it uh, self-induced pressure that he's got? But, you know, of course, we've been here with him before not playing that poorly. Relax. 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 So, I mean, we may see that, but he's uh, – I don't know how much he's into it, man. I mean, I, I don't know how much he really cares about any of this, and I think that was um, on full display this past weekend. It definitely doesn't do anything for his trade stock. Uh, and, and, and look, I'm of the opinion that karma being what it is and, and my experience of seeing karma come back and get you, I don't think he'll make it through the season healthy either way. I just think that, I mean, it just, the, 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 he's it almost poorly. He, he's almost due. I mean, he's almost due. Right. Yeah. I, I heard uh, Brandon Walker from Pick Central Barstool say that uh, Rogers, they were talking about how he's under a lot of heat and a lot of pressure and how he looks miserable. And one of his co-hosts said, well, I don't know if he really is miserable. He just hates his job, like a lot of people. Right. Like, they love, like, the weekends, and they're saying, like, getting out on the boat, playing golf, doing that. But when Rodgers pulls up to Lambeau and has to clock in, he just he freaking hates it. No, and I don't know that I – don't, I don't even know that it's just Green Bay. I don't know that he, do, that he really likes being a football player. Like, it's, it's just what he does. Especially he's gotten a taste of some of the other stuff. Yeah. The Jeopardy. You know and, the... And, and, and how uh, contrasting of enjoyments can you have uh, being, the, hey, I, I want to be on Jeopardy, but I also want to play quarterback in the NFL. Those two things are just light years like away you from couldn't imagine alex trebek rest in peace uh suiting well, up for to play the, for the cowboys yeah. to play quarterback yeah. or who, right. speaking of a, a, a quarterback look unbelievably good was dak dak looked great and i didn't think he'd be able to throw the ball the videos they had been showing prior to the game he still looked awfully you know just labored throwing uh but man i mean he had a great game uh, I bet you never saw, thought you'd say if you wanted to go uh, see some good quarterback and you'd go to Jameis Winston before Aaron Rodgers. And, and Jameis Winston was fantastic. I mean, <laughs> I think the Saints are for real. Nah. I mean, I, I think they're pretty good. They can play defense. I kind of wanted to talk about that, too. Like, week one, week two bounce backs from week one. Who played over their skis? Who did, like... The Titans, for example, maybe their defense does stink, but offensively they're going to be a lot better as the year goes on. I don't know. I'm not ready to crown the Cardinals yet, but that was a very impressive performance. Kyler Murray. Well, how about the, fantastic. I mean, the Rams have to be in that conversation? I think I like them they to be, be in the, the NFC Championship anyway. And I don't think Kansas City can continue to come back from the dead to win football games and think that that's the recipe for long-term success. They are like LeBron and these really good NBA teams where they like just sleepwalk through the regular season yeah, right. and try to flip the switch. Well, or then, or or in a you know season opening game, they spot you a half and then they come back and blow your doors off in the fourth quarter. I mean, it's, you know... I, I don't know. I, I man, I, I I tell you what, the Rams. I I just think they're going to be hard to beat. I agree with that. I love Stafford in his situation. Did you feel good for Stafford at all? Absolutely. I, he, I did. He too. had to feel absolutely vindicated to go. This is what I've been trying to tell you. I can play this game, and and it's not like he had a bad career uh, in Detroit. He had a career that nobody saw. He had a career in a vacuum because it's Detroit. 
So now, I mean, he, you know, and you got to think, lifestyle-wise, life's got to be so much better. You know, he's in L.A. I mean, things are good. He gets put on a winning team. He's, in, he's you know, playing with a coach that obviously is an offensive uh, dude. So, I mean, I, I think – If we feel uh, good for him, do we have to feel bad for golf? <laughs> because they did the life swap. Uh, yeah, no, that's <laughs> – there's probably a lot of truth to that. Uh, speaking on quarterback play, Justin Herbert's really good. He uh, – Chargers only scored 20 points. Felt like they scored 45 against Washington. He is uh, he's a stud. I like him. Chandler, what did uh, Sam Darnold grade out in Chandler Honeycutt's uh, report card? It can be high. Don't go crazy in there. Molly, what are you talking about? Don't go crazy. They won the football game. They did, and it was an ugly win. Sam Darnold has a lot to improve on. I mean, I do like some of the throws he made, especially the one to Robbie Anderson for 60 yards. Now, granted, he did have some missed throws. He oh, could have had some more. He could have had some more touchdowns if it wasn't for some missed throws. Um, but well, I, what, could what, you not? Hey, could you leave Chandler alone? Hey, hey, Captain Obvious. And I like the way he's coming after you too, hey, Captain Obvious. All quarterbacks could have more. <laughs> What's going on here? All quarterbacks would have more touchdowns if it weren't for their missed throws. Isn't that kind of the way it works? If you throw it where it's supposed to be, you got a chance to score a touchdown. Well, what do you want me to say? He was terrible, <laughs> and they're terrible. Whoa, they're terrible. They're not they terrible. Didn't... They won't make the playoffs. You're talking about the Panthers? I don't. Well, and the do you, Jets. You think I expected them to put, make the playoffs this year? No, but did I, I the... ever say that? I love the fact you're squealing about it. <laughs> Jeez, man. Molly, when you're not here, we Chandler and I talk about how you treat Chandler like he's your uh, a big disappointment of a stepson or something like that. Like really? You're just, you're just always all over him. Son, come on. Pick it up, son. I'm just trying to motivate him. <laughs> you're doing a not-so-good job. Gotta, we got to break, break him down before we can build him up. There you go. All right. Uh, I don't think the Panthers are horrible. They're terrible. <laughs> okay, maybe they're terrible. I said. I mean, not a, a squeaker against the Jets. Yeah, it's not. It's not. At, it, that's at not home, good. At home, you know what? And tell me the last time the Panthers won games that were fun to watch. <laughs> every year they have high levels of. Every well, years that they have had high levels of success, it's been grinding, ugly. They've never aired it out and win. You know they don't. Well, win. we are the cardiac. It's got to be 2015, right? The Super Bowl run yeah. where they were 15 and one. Yeah. Cam was actually throwing it that year. But even then, that's been six years. But even then, if you go back and look at the scores of that of that season, well, they put th- up some numbers. Though. I, well, but I tell you what, I am not. I'm not happy that we, you know, beat the Jets in an ugly fashion. It should have been a lot more than what it was. But the Panthers, what I like about this win is that we got the win, and this is the youngest team in the National Football League. We've got the win. We have to make these young players learn how to win. They know how to win in college. We need them to uh, learn how to win in the National Football League, and we did that on Sunday. Charlie, can you go to the sports bar folder, I think it is, see if I have a Trent Dilfer cut? Because Chandler said something there that reminded me of a great Trent Dilfer line. Well, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Saints are for real. Panthers are horrible. Panthers beat the Saints week two. At You're home. calling it right now? Yeah, the Panthers are going to win that game Sunday. The Saints are not as good as they are. Hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're saying that the Carolina Panthers are going to beat the New Orleans Saints this weekend. There's no chance. What did you think about the defense? You're a sports guy. You've watched football. You know these teams go up and down. Okay, let's make a friendly wager. You you have to say I'm already in the hole to you. The Panthers defense did look good to you at least, right? Yeah, against the really bad Jets team. Uh, Shirley, hit Trent Dilfer. He knows a lot about football. You cannot lose games in the NFL and still win. I, I think uh, I you, think that's a great point. 
And you can't have missed throws and score touchdowns. Chandler said the best thing about that win Sunday was that they won. That's right. <laughs> you know the worst thing about Washington's win was Sunday? They didn't win. They lost. Yeah. You cannot hit it again, Trent Dilfer. Give us that one more time, Sterling. You cannot lose games in the NFL and still win. I mean, what I meant to say is that is learning how to win and hanging on to that lead and, and and coming out of a football game with a win. And I think that's important for the development of a football team when they when they are young, like the Panthers are. How many games does McCaffrey play this year? <laughs> I tell you what, man. If they go thirty-five touches a yeah, game, not, not going to be much. They and this is a team, out. and this is a, this is a team and a coaching staff in the offseason that said that they were going to reduce his role, and they went out and uh, and drafted his backup Chuba Hubbard, who should be playing at least fifty fifty. And I'm telling you, the first quarter and a half of that football game was the Christian McCaffrey show, whether he was getting a handoff or taking a pass out of the backfield. Well, you know what that tells me is that everybody else hasn't worked out the way they thought they were going to work out, and that's so disappointing when you think of a guy like DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. That's one week, guys, but yeah, it's been one week. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, 21 carries, nine targets. He caught all nine passes to him for an equal 30. And he is getting – those are not like clean where he's running out of bounds. No, or no, sliding. no, no, no. He's no, getting no. hit every single play. Well, and, and, and what the impact that has on fantasy football, I mean, I, I wonder how many folks ran out to try to make a trade for McCaffrey. Of course, anybody with any sense at all knows that he had, he probably will not be healthy to play more than three quarters of the games this year. I mean, it just – and you think about even if he's healthy enough to dress all the way through, there's got to be diminishing return at some point just with the punishment he's going to take. He's all, he's definitely their safety valve. Like if things aren't working, let's go to McCaffrey. Right. But they did that over and, and over, over and, and over. over. Problem is when your first option is also your safety valve, we're, we're not really going through a lot of progression to get to the safety valve. So Mike Mullis not sold on the Panthers no, at, no, all. Not at all. I, I couldn't tell it. <laughs> now, I, you know, what would be interesting and what may, it, what may end up being a really good, terrible game is when the Panthers play the Packers, if if that continues to carry out the way that the Packers are playing. Tony Dunn will defend his Panthers to the day, until the day he dies. He says, where is the we-need-to-protect-Alvin-Kamara pre- talk? I will say Kamara did not have uh, that many touches in that win over Green Bay. I'll look it up right now. Alvin Kamara had 20 carries, okay. Hell, Jameis Winston had five touchdown passes. And he had four targets, uh, three catches, so 23 compared to 30. That's seven less. That's still a lot of touches for Kamara, but, you know, after one week, 30 touches is a lot. It's a lot of touches. Yep. All right, uh, moving along. Especially for a guy that has had injury issues. Yeah. Uh, Susan went to the game, our resident Panthers fan. She said the most excitement at the past week's game for the Panthers was drinking the 1498 Bloody Jesus. Mary in a small souvenir cup. There you go. <laughs> David Tepper is going to get his money. I think she's supporting my opinion, Chandler. I'm just going out on a limb. Well, she's one of those, and there's a lot of Panthers in that camp. That There was that picture of, like, remind me, like Cam, Keekly, Pepper, uh, it's the, Thomas the Davis. for the Jaguars game that very first Like The week. Panthers, as she knew them, are over, and now it's Matt Rule, it's Tepper, it's this new, and they're, it's hard. We don't like new things. It's hard to change, Molly. We like new things when they are, good. are better. That's true. That's a good point. All right. Um, I still want to hit some football, but Robert on Facebook Live, and I did not watch this last night. I'm going to go back. I was looking forward to it. I did not see it. Hold on. The Shea deal? Go ahead. Shea Stadium? Yeah. Like the 30 for 30? Yeah. 
Why'd you refer to it as the Shea deal? Because it's it, it's it's got Shea in the title, something about the or miracle. What is it anyway? It was awesome. Okay, so you watched it. Yeah, uh, he uh, yeah he was asking about that, and also he asked with a wild. I tell you what, we'll get into baseball in a minute. But he's got a Red Sox. Will they win the wild card? Um, yeah, I, that thing. I was looking forward to it. Didn't see it. I'll watch it down. I'll watch it at some point. But it's it's good. Well, three and four come on tonight. I saw a clip of Lenny Dykstra. He saying the F word a lot. So they had that they so um they started doing the in between commercials coming back from commercial breaks it had the inappropriate language mm-hmm. but kind of the, the disclaimer and then it would open up immediately with with Lenny with MF this and these efforts this and and Lenny uh you know he was one of my that 84 5 6 team those teams were some of my favorite teams I've ever watched. I man love Lenny Dykstra just cuz he played so hard. Uh, Gary Carter behind the plate. I mean, I, I did. I, I I enjoyed those teams, and it it kind of brought those memories back of being, you know, twelve years old watching, you know, watching little big league ball. So I remember Dykstra, and it was kind of the when I started collecting cards in the early '90s with the Phillies. Yep. With uh, like Darren Dare Dalton, Dalton, and they had a lot of mullets. Mickey Morandini. Yeah, they, they had, had mullet uh, central over there. Yeah, was it Dutch? They called Darren Dalton yep. Dutch. He was really good. Had. Uh, but and I didn't really I didn't know about Dykstra's like checkered past and now I know him as a retired ball player who is in prison. Has uh is he currently in prison? Uh, he may be recently out, but he got involved uh, with doing some commodities exchanging or stock market kind of stuff and uh, jumped the shark on that a little bit and went down uh, went down a bad rabbit hole and has done some time for tax evasion and those types of things. And he's the only person on that team that had any... Oh, yeah, they, they were... <laughs> other than that, they were a bunch of choir boys. <laughs> yeah, they right. actually kind of make it out that the only the only real choir boy on the whole deal was Gary Carter. Really? And he was, you know... So Hernandez, he was like a ladies' man, right? And, Hernan- and Hernandez was the guy for that team. Like, that really... That really comes out in this in this little thirty for thirty deal, but uh, like he was the driving force, he was the arm around you, he was the you know foot in the pants, he was he was he's kind of the leader of that club. And I forgot how good he was until you watch him. I say, you know, when you think back, I saw the thing on SEC Network or something not too long ago with about uh, Mississippi State baseball with Hernandez and Will Clark, and but you forget, I mean. Those dudes were special, man. They were freaking good. Was uh, David Cohn on that team? Who was the pitchers? He well, you had Bobby Ojeda. You had, uh, yeah, I think David Cohn was on that staff. Obviously, Dwight Gooden was the number Doc, one. Yeah. I mean, he was 19 years old, you know, his first year in the big leagues. Um, gosh, I can't remember who all else was was there, but that, you know. Franco? That, was he John Franco? Franco had to have been out of the bullpen. Yeah. yeah. Throwing lefty, Molly. Throwing lefty. Ooh, yeah. Uh, let's take a break. We'll come back. I got more football. We're kind of just bouncing around here as we do when Mike Mullis uh, comes on the show. Robert says they were worse than the Pistons when it came to fighting. Yeah. What's worse? What about on the field? But, the Mets. And, 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 well, but define worse. Did, did it worse being they fought more or they weren't as good at it? Were they hated amongst their peers or were they just wild? I think everybody liked going to play the Mets because they knew there was going to be a party afterwards. That's true. Straws bringing the uh, the party favors tonight. All right, we'll take a timeout. Come back more football, baseball talk with Molly when we return after this. You're 
listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. If you've got damage from wood rot, smoke, or fire... Uh, water, you can consider it all of it fixed. If you've got damage, use a contractor that works for you and not your insurance company. Visit fixednc.com today or call 999-0001. That's three nines, three zeros, and a one. Fixed NC. Restore, renew, maintain. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Rock. Back with you on Pirate Radio Live. History made during segment number one. Mike Mullis made his first error ever on the show. Mm. I mean, oh, he, he was, did now. Yeah. Chandler, you might want to hear this. Mike Mullis made a mistake. And I was right there with him because did I... Did he tr- admit that he made a mistake? He, he absolutely did. Yes. I awesome. trust Mully so much, I just rolled with it. Keith Hernandez, he was talking about Mississippi State with Will Clark, Keith Hernandez, and I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was actually Rafael Pal- Palmero. Yes. Thankfully, Ellerby caught that and was kind enough to text me. <laughs> Mississippi State, right? Was yeah. Where they went to school? Well, yeah. There's a terrible echo in this building. <laughs> I tell you what, Mully does not. Mully doesn't stay under the bus long. He somehow climbs out and puts somebody else right under it. It's a delayed echo too. <laughs> there was a thirty for thirty about that. Thank you. Thank you, Malcolm. Uh, thirty for thirty. Was it on like the SEC network? Mm-mm. What was it on? ESPNU. Huh. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> All right, moving along, please. Molly, uh, you following the MLB <laughs> playoff races at all? Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, you know. Wild card in the AL is awesome. And I want to know how they're going to determine uh, this. Man, everybody's... I, yeah, they're <laughs> I, You know, I think we're looking at the end of the year, like two, potentially two or three one-and-done games. Right, because you got the wild cards, but with three teams tied right now, Blue Jays, Yankees, Red Sox, uh, they are all fighting uh, to get there. The Mar- Igos Mariners are one of the more surprising teams. Still a chance, but seems like all the division races, I shouldn't say that, but with the NL East, but they are almost settled. The Rays are going to win the AL East. The White Sox and the Astros are uh, all going to win. The Brewers are going to win. The Giants and Dodgers, uh, Giants are only two and a half up. And the Braves aren't good by any means, but the Phillies and Mets don't want it. The Phillies are free-falling. The Mets are the Mets. It's actually a shame in the AL East that they don't just let all three teams in the playoffs because they're three of the better teams in the game. And and with the Rays, all four teams, right? Correct. Everybody with Baltimore. No, that's what I mean, but yeah. the three teams that are they're fighting for that last spot. I mean, I, those are that, that, that rounds up the best. The, the best teams in the game right the now. blue jays are fun they have been I'm, fun all year but they're rolling right now they are swinging the bat like i mean it's just they have just figured something out and that's you know it, it just it's all about getting hot at the right time i heard a stat so vladimir guerrero jr is leading the uh who does Marte play for now oakland or miami Oh, he's with Oakland. Sterling Marte. Marte. So he has a 322 average. Guerrero's at 315. Vlad has 45 home runs. That's the most in all of baseball. And Vlad is six back of Salvador Perez and RBIs. He's not going to do it, but he could win the Triple Crown and still not win MVP due to Shohei Otani. That's right. Which and, is and, and, amazing. Well, and it's kind of it, it. It would change the. Um, it would change the argument to a certain point obviously Otani pitching and doing what he does on both sides of the ball that's one thing but Vlad's doing it for a team that if they were to win 
that changes the, yeah, yeah that changes the narrative quite a bit to me but um but i mean you can't go wrong either way uh you know the both of those guys for what they're doing for their clubs is is, is it's, it's unbelievable robert earlier says uh mully or the Sox gonna get the wild card i would say if i had to pick any team out of that group to not win the wild card yeah, it would they be would be the, would be the ones out i think right now the, the blue jays are just so hot that i you would have to go with them the yankees are the yankees and the, the the red sox seem to be a little bit snake bitten they've got guys coming back off covid they get sell back half, uh, healthy then he has to be a start due to covid and that kind of thing so i mean I, you know i don't know it's um i would agree with you though buddy i think they would be option c uh today i was being a tad bit snarky a little bit of a jerk on social media the other night mully for the first time ever and said boy there's a lot of fuss about a baseball game featuring two teams that aren't going to make the playoffs referring to the mets and yankees but apparently they had an awesome series they had a little fisticuffs lindor three home runs flexing a lot going on i didn't watch any of it Did and you? that was there that was the mets grand finale I f- it felt like that was their that super was bowl, their super bowl. The right that's that 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 i think that's probably the uh that's the end of them i would uh would tend to agree with that uh golf real quick i want to hit this before i forget and you get out of here molly so the Ryder cup is coming up next week yep uh i did read where captain america patrick reed was left off did not get in and your thoughts uh you know i think i understand um where stricker's head was in this deal so steve stricker is the captain okay um i I think that uh probably more based off of patrick reed's health than everything else uh you know all his off the course issues uh, as it relates to his health uh was the determining factor stricker made no bones about it it was a very difficult decision for him uh and i'm gonna tell you man what what and you know how i am about the locker room drama and all the stuff and kind of going back to aaron Rodgers, and we're kind of getting that same kind of feel uh, coming from this American team this year, there's an awful lot of silly, um, kind of uh, very middle schoolish. Well, other than DeChambeau and Kepka, what else is that? Well, else? I mean, it, and it, there's a lot of inner workings that kind of revolves around them. But, you know, Kepka's come out and made a comment basically that, you know, he's not really excited to even be at the Ryder Cup, that it's not, it's, it's definitely not a major for him. And that's, even if you feel that way, keep right. that keep that to yourself. Keep yeah. it in the locker room because it is a big deal uh, to it's seemingly everybody else, and and it's a shame that he feels that way. I just hope he doesn't play that way. Uh, but you know, I, I heard a comment made earlier that a lot of these guys, and even Tiger Woods went through this to a point, and you see it with with your premier athletes in the Olympics, where it, it's not become it's become not such a big thing to represent your country when you're more driven by your personal success and what your you know what your career looks like so uh i hate that but that you know i i, I that's just a difference in mentality and kepka's one of those guys man he just he kind of comes across as a a bit of an a-hole and that's just kind of him sticking to you know to his persona just saw this article bryson dechambeau will compete in both the Ryder cup and the world long drive championship yeah. this month he uh says his hands are wrecked with calluses from intense training at the events. Um, DeChambeau discussed his two-a-day schedule in a recent interview saying he hopes the unique atmosphere at a North Carolina-based training complex 
will help unlock his full potential. I wonder where that is. I don't know. That's that's interesting. I, you know what? I wonder with this dude, how long can his body, even though, I mean, he is a strong guy, but we've obviously seen it with Tiger. Uh, how long can his body hold up to the violence that... What's going to go out? The pushed? back or... I mean, everything. The, the, the knees have a real good chance. <clears throat> Just, you know, we've seen that with Tiger, obviously, before this latest deal. Uh, the back is an obvious concern. Uh, but I, you know, I know he has the best trainers and the you know the the, the best of the best uh, technology and all that apply. But um, it, it just seems like there's a certain point where you just can't swing a club that hard, that fast for but so long. Did I see in uh, a headline that said Tiger Woods said he would play again? Did I see that? Yeah, yeah. So well, Stricker made a comment in one of his press conferences when asked if Ty what what part would tiger play in the Ryder cup and would he be a vice captain would he be involved and he, you know obviously he said no with his you know with his current health condition and he's currently focused on his rehab in an effort to play again and that was where all that came from my mullis joining us uh molly how'd you do on sunday sunday how did i play i played pretty decent on actually sunday was a little bit of a tough day i played pretty decent on saturday um but you know i look man good to be out there and banging it around and you know the nice thing with golf is you can you can have that one great shot or good hole and it's enough to make you feel like you've got it so you've had figured out a little bit two hole in ones in a span of what about they were about six months apart i mean that you got a nice grace period there right or you could just hit them bad no 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 i don't not at all okay all right no and both of those rounds i didn't play particularly well but it but uh, you know glad to have a hold of one uh one thing on our rundown which we never really did because molly's here and we just started talking about everything but i did want to mention the usc job molly yeah interesting um urban meyer says he's out does he just step down well he has already said i'm i'm right so that guarantees he's going to take it right? correct nick saban said that. i'm not going to be the alabama coach i think uh i think maybe uh i heard this earlier today and i think it makes sense james franklin from penn state might be a good call uh they're gearing up for what's going to be the biggest game there in a couple of years uh saturday night's gonna be awesome when they play auburn which yep. is a cool match that is a really cool match i don't know about the teams this year but like just it's seeing the, paper, the uniforms great. yeah that's gonna be cool he's gearing up for that and now he's got usc chatter well and on. you know i don't think usc you know luke fickle's name has come up i don't think that makes sense with him being a midwest guy not really a proven entity at, at the level that that usc wants to return to uh, i think they've got to bring in somebody uh almost almost like a mac brown type hire somebody that can come in as grants instant credibility i mean it, it, it look if i'm usc i'm either looking for that again that mac brown type hire or maybe i'm going uh coach prime time <laughs> let, let's bring in coach prime yeah and let him get snoop dogg and will ferrell of course i don't know how relevant those those guys are to these you know younger players now but you know, let's get uh, let's get these relevant superstars back on the sideline, make it uh, glamorous to play at USC again, and see if that you know see if that works. Because Clay Hilton's a good football guy, uh, and it, that didn't work out. Did you see the uh, the coaching matchup the other night? Was it Tennessee State and Jackson State? Deion Sanders versus Eddie George. I, I saw Some, uh, I saw there. that they were going to play. I did not see any of that game. And look, I'll tell you, I watch when I'm flipping through and I see Deion's team playing. I'll, st- I'll I'll hang out and watch it for a little bit. You know, I mean it's um it, it, it's 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 as much a curiosity to see what he's going to do. And he's not even playing, but watching his son uh, play quarterback, kid's a great athlete, and uh, you know, so I think what they're doing is pretty impressive, and I think it's going to again be one more factor in the changing landscape of uh, 
of college football specifically across the country speaking of molly flipping around watching things did you see where former mlb pitcher mike montgomery threw a rosin bag and hit an umpire uh during a kbo game no after he was ejected no yeah you need to read up on that let's see uh during the game he was warned about the kbo's pitch rule which states the ball must be thrown by a pitcher within 12 seconds of receiving the ball when the bases are empty uh he was ejected and then he made a let's see there's video of it he made a run at the umpire and threw a rosin bag (laughs) he fired a rosin bag at him so uh mike montgomery causing an international incident molly in the kbo man and that's that's so bad and you know if he's in the kbo there's a reason right i mean go keep your nose clean prove you can do your job maybe you get a chance back in the show but he couldn't do it and they look they're not going to tolerate that i mean they may cut his arm off in korea i mean i don't know how you know how i mean but this yeah that the, the, the uh the, the disrespect is not very well tolerated uh, in the uh, Asian countries. Chad tuning in, taking a shot at Mully. He says, once upon a time in Queens or Shea something. Yeah, it's the same thing. Okay. Good for you. I like <laughs> Good for you. Is that supposed to be funny? I mean, <laughs> congratulations, Chad. <laughs> Man, Mully, you're, you're one of my all-time favorite people. No, I mean, I, you know. People, okay, Mully. Good. I, I knew I knew where you were going with the Mets deal though. Maybe I should have said the Mets. I know that's why I said it was a weird way to say it. Uh, bro, uh, who your Packers got this week? Oh, okay. Lions on Monday Night Football. Well, oh, final thing. It's Thanksgiving. The Mannings. How awesome was that? That was. That just changes the way I want to consume football. Period. I tell you. So I I. I, I won't. I mean, and look. Here's what I do. I listen to the bar stool, like the watch along things while I watch football now, and now the Mannings are doing it, here's, and it's awesome. It's like here's what I don't want to see. Let's not take such a great thing and screw it up by trying to put guys doing it that can't do it. <laughs> well, that's already been done. But I'm saying Eli and Peyton, regardless of them, they're smart. Yes. they know what they're looking at. They have wit. They have pretty good innate timing. They just, they're made for this. In fact, I like it that they're not, they don't have to be funny because they are kind of naturally, yeah, they, they have just, a good sense of humor. Right. I like that they didn't go over the top with the comedy. I was fascinated by the X's and O's, what oh, they were saying. I mean, they get up and they're on the board. And yeah. yeah, it was awesome. And, and to watch them almost like they were playing the game as it was going, at least mentally, man, it was cool. I, and I thought... The guests were great. I mean, how cool will it be when Brady's up there with those guys or, yeah. you know, any number of uh, – I don't want to see um, – this is very different than what we see with, like, Tony Romo. Romo can call a play before it happens because he is smart and he does see it. But Romo doesn't have the wit to pull off what those guys did. I love, too, that they <laughs> they are not – now, if the Colts or Broncos or Giants play, they, they might have a little bit of a rooting interest – but they are rooting for the quarterbacks. Right. On one side, it was because uh, Lamar went to their camp. So Lamar's got to make this start. There you go, Lamar. That, that's yeah. a good throw right there. Then on the other side, come on, Derek, let's do this. Like, they were rooting for the QBs. It was kind of cool. I thought the other thing was the insight that they gave. Like, uh, and, and I don't mean insight from X's and O's, but telling the stories that were not necessarily related specifically to what was going on on the field, but gave you a little more insight into what it's like being – 
an NFL quarterback yeah. or an NFL player. And, you know, Peyton he makes a point at one. He goes, you know, I, I was a quarterback, man. I don't really want a football player. I kind of lived in my bubble, and this is what I did. And, you know, what these other guys did, I don't know. So, I mean, I thought it was great. Yeah, when they had Ray Lewis on, they were talking about the story of the time where he was calling out the mic, and he was like, 52's <laughs> the mic. And, and Ray right. Lewis was like, why can't he be the mic? Why can't he be the mic? And right. so the stories like that – was awesome the other night in the analysis. I think there's more analysis in that broadcast than there is in the actual broadcast. 100%. It was awesome. And I hope it, I guess it's going to continue on every Monday. Yeah. So I'll I, be tuned in. I, I, the, it, the, 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 uh, Dan Patrick phrased it Manning Night Football. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's perfect. I mean, it, it, look, that's, I don't know what they're paying those guys to do it, but I can tell you uh, that broadcast has been more discussed, at least in my circles, than any other broadcast. Uh, that I've ever of any sporting event uh, that we've seen over my lifetime, this one just from a broadcast standpoint has been discussed, and they got a great game. Uh, to oh call, yeah, you I know. said too, Molly. How are they going to do with a blowout? I think I think it'll be even better. Yeah, it could be. I think you'll hear a ton of stories in in, <clears throat> in a blowout situation. <clears throat> uh, but I, um, you know that that game was a was a I mean as an instant <laughs> classic. I mean you know it went from kind of boring to awesome to looking like preseason football all in one game. Right, it was a wild. Yeah, was but really- if you want to feel like you're watching a football game with Eli and Peyton Manning. Tune in next Monday when the Packers take on the Lions. It really felt like I was just sitting there watching a football game with the Manning brothers. It was awesome. Yep. That cool. Molly, thanks for hanging out, man. That would be cool if they did like the Facebook Live thing where people could shoot them questions. Yeah. You'd get some some idiots like me oh well there. there would be somebody screening it you know half of them oh, okay. reach them but yeah no yeah you do a little q a that'd be fun right. um uh, good deal all right molly we'll see you next time okay buddy call him first nine 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 zero 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 one yeah, for whatever just call me fixed nc oh yeah we talked <laughs> do you listen to fifth quarter yeah sometimes we uh right, let me back up I always listen to it maybe not, maybe not live in, in, in its entirety oh, okay we were doing uh we were reading your uh your ad there molly and uh weaver said can you call that number for emotional support? And I did say, sure. Call Molly after a pirate loss nine 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 zero 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 one. He'll talk you through it. Yeah, because you're good at you're a good talker. You're a good communicator. Yeah, I mean, look at Chandler. Mine and Chandler's relationship is. I mean, he feels emotionally supported apparently. And look at his, the growth he's made. You know, I'm just gonna start calling him Echo. <laughs> hey, Echo. Echo. Hello. 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 We'll take a timeout. Come back when we return. The voice, Jeff Charles, joins us. Can the Pirates paint one purple this Saturday? What's the line right now? Is it still 10? Yeah, it's all 10 and a half. We will talk about the Pirates and the herd after this. Listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at University Sportswear ENC.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back. The best place in Greenville to unwind after work and have fun is AJ McMurphy's. AJ's has daily food and drink specials and an awesome patio. Perfect for some outdoor dining. There's something for everyone every weeknight, including sports trivia with our very own Clip Rock. AJ's has live music every Friday and Saturday with no cover and brunch every Sunday. Make today an AJ's day. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Rock. 
Got a fun uh, trivia game planned tonight. A lot of football. Got some baseball. Don't know if there's any hoops mixed in there tonight, but certainly some baseball and football coming up 8 o'clock at Sports Trivia at AJ McMurphy's. Have some great food, some great beverages, a great time, and we'll have uh, the baseball games on tonight, whatever you want. If uh, your team is playing, we can get that on the tv for you all right let's uh, head out to the fixed nc live line and visit with the voice on this wednesday jeff charles will be on the call as the pirates take on the marshall thundering herd coming up this saturday he'll join us on the bud light pregame tailgate as well before that kickoff jeff how you doing today clip doing great just getting ready for another trip to huntington west virginia you know the pirates have lost the last two times they've been there in 2011 and 2013 they're underdogs again this week against a very talented Marshall team, so the Pirates are going to have to bring their A game on Saturday. I've talked to a lot of fans that are concerned, Jeff, not because just of the way this season has started, but, heck, we've sent some good teams. You've traveled with some really good teams to Huntington, and unfortunately the Pirates have come away with losses there. It's been a tough place to play over the years, and as you just spoke to uh, recently, it's been tough for the Pirates to, try to get a win there. Yeah, it really has, Cliff. They've had good football teams. I mean, let's face it, Doc Holliday had a great run there, and then he was, like, shockingly fired. It was pretty amazing. Last year, Marshall was undefeated. They were ranked 15th in the country, and within a matter of weeks, the head football coach was fired, and that was a head-scratcher. But that's what happened. They're having uh, a lot of turnover now at, at Marshall in a number of positions, including Mike Hamrick, who was the athletics director at ECU, Mike's contract was not renewed this past summer, and so he is out as athletics director as of June the 30th. And I know they're looking for a new president as well at Marshall. So they're going through some uh, personnel changes there. But I'll tell you what, Cliff, Charles Huff has stepped in, and he has really done a nice job. Now, Navy, at least to this point, is not a very good football team, and Marshall beat them up really bad, 49-7. to and then they played North Carolina Central last week and also beat them up as well. So this is a football team's off to a great start. I don't care who they've played. Uh, their offense has been terrific. They're averaging 46.5 points per game. And their defense has been really lights out as well. So this looks to be a, a good football team again this year. They're picked to win Conference USA. So unlike Mike Houston, who came into ECU when the cupboard was bare, coming in for Coach Montgomery, I think, Coach Hoff has come into a situation at Marshall where the cupboard was pretty well stocked with a winning program, a winning culture, and a lot of guys coming back from last year's team. So it's a little bit of a different scenario for the two programs right now. That's a good point, Jeff. And, uh, man, outscoring opponents 93-17 to uh, in your first two games really doesn't matter who you play. That's impressive. Uh, Ed, but Charles Huff said himself this week that this will be the toughest test, uh, certainly, that Marshall has seen in the 2021 season jeff uh i don't know how much you know about the situation that we'll talk to steve cotton might bring it up with him later on this week the play-by-play voice of marshall but what do you think the uh the split was on the fans when doc holiday was fired have you talked to steve about that or any other marshall people about you know how many people were saying okay it is time to move on and how many people were like you and i that were shocked uh, by the decision I think probably a mixture. You know how fan bases are, Cliff. They always want more, and uh, Coach has been at an institution for a, a number of years. There are going to be people that are disgruntled that always feel like their program should be better than maybe it's capable of being. And uh, I think you probably see that sentiment on both sides. I mean, to an outsider like you and me looking into the situation, it was 
really head-scratching to see that happen. But, again, we don't know exactly everything, probably. Uh, I think there were some external forces that got involved in it, like usually happens with coaching changes. So I, I would think the overall uh, majority of people, though, Clip, because Doc Holliday was so successful, I think they were they were probably as surprised as anyone else that he was let go. There are probably those few people that are like fan bases everywhere that don't understand why you don't win 10 or 11 games every year and win bowl games and you know finish in the top 25, which Marshall has been able to do on occasion. But for a program like Marshall or a program like East Carolina, that's not going to happen every year. Jeff, while we're talking about coaching changes, I thought about this one. This is a bit of an odd story uh, this week, what's going on in Annapolis. So Navy fired their offensive coordinator, who had been there a long time, uh, Ivan Jasper, and it came out that, yeah, and and I'd like to get your insight on this too, how these things work. I would just assume that the head coach, you know, goes in and, and fires the OC, and that's how it's done. But the athletic director um, fired the offensive coordinator. Ken Niamatololo went to that athletics director and said, this isn't the way it should be. Uh, we're better with him. So they bring him back, but as a quarterback's coach and not the offensive coordinator. So uh, Ivan Jasper was fired, uh, brought back in, now has a different role with the team. And uh, you want to talk about a mess on the field. It sounds like there's one going on off the field as well. But uh, what, what do you think about that story? Uh, firing a guy and bringing him back uh, a day or two later. Well, I think it makes Navy look really bad, to be honest with you, Clip. And Chet Gladchuck is the athletics director there. He's been there for a number of years. He is a, quote, football guy. And I think he just made a decision that probably Ken Niamatololo either was not informed about that decision or he found right. out later about it. And you really wonder why an athletic director would do that. Uh, I don't think that's good for your program when an athletic director's steps in and, and just fires one of the guys on the football staff. So it sounds like that there is something going on there between the football coach and, and the AD at Navy, and that that's never a good thing. I mean, people have to be in the same boat rowing together if you're going to be successful. So I think it's a bad look for Navy. I really do. Yeah. And Coach Ken Niamatololo has, has not had the success here in recent years that he did for that long tenure that you know Navy was just cranking out winning seasons and winning bowl games they have they have gone downhill just a bit and uh i think that the powers to be maybe see that happening you know coach uh, niamatolo has been there for 14 years and the man that you mentioned uh, ivan jasper's been with the program 19 years and he and coach niamatololo i assume are very close uh and when you read the comments that that ken had about him he said you know this this guy's one of the best option coaches around and we are a much better football program with him on our staff so there's something going on there clip it's yeah. a good look for navy let's be honest no doubt about it talking to the voice jeff charles we'll circle back to ecu um before we end the conversation jeff but while we're talking coaches clay helton fired at usc and now okay they're the first team to have an opening so they can go out and get the guy they want but all these other coaches that they want are going to be coaching football uh, the, for for the remainder of the season. Uh, Luke Fickle's name ha has been one, Jeff, that has been discussed. And we don't know what's in the mind of Luke Fickle, but I know we've talked about him a lot in the past. And he is a, what, Jeff, uh, you know, a Midwest guy, a, a kind of a Big Ten area guy. And uh, I don't know, do you think he would make the jump out to California and, uh, and coach the Trojans? Well, 
I would be shocked if Luke Fickle took that job, Cliff. I really would. And not only is he a Midwest guy, he's an Ohio guy. He's never lived out of the Buckeye State his entire life, and he has young kids. Does he want to move to Los Angeles? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, I would be shocked if he took the job. I right. would. Speaking of uh, Cincinnati, how about their game this week with Indiana, Jeff? They got uh, a couple of trips to Indiana on the docket. First, it's the Hoosiers who, uh, you know, entered the season, a top 15 team. They were crushed by Iowa, and we'll see how good they are when they take on the Bearcats Saturday. Then Cincinnati, if they can get past that one, has another marquee game with Notre Dame in South Bend. So uh, it's a a big couple weeks here uh, for Luke Fickle and the Bearcats. Yeah, it really is. They'll play against Brian Kelly at Notre Dame. Brian Kelly was the former head coach yeah. in Cincinnati. He left Cincinnati to go to Notre Dame. So there's a storyline there as well, Clip. And, yes, this Indiana team came in with high expectations. I know they're not quite off to the start that they would like to have, but they're still very good. So these are a couple of big tests for Cincinnati coming up. I mean, the Bloom could be off of the rows uh, pretty quick if they can't win at least one of those games. And they're going to have their work cut out for them in both of those games. But, hey, Give them credit. Here they are, number eight in the nation. I was visiting with one of my friends from Ohio earlier this week, and I said, when did you ever think that Cincinnati would be ranked ahead of Ohio State? (laughs) Well, they are this week. Cincinnati's ranked number eight, and Ohio State's ranked number nine. Ohio State falling to Oregon last week, so we've seen two of the top teams in the country already lose. Of course, Clemson losing to another top team in Georgia. Alabama taking on Florida this week. Jeff, I don't talk lines with you. I save that for other guests, but... You know, Florida is a 14-point underdog to Alabama. Florida would be a favorite at home against just about every other team in the country. It tells you where Alabama is, even with a freshman quarterback. But uh, do you ever get to watch the greatness of Alabama football, Jeff? They're they're playing a different game than than the rest of college football for the most part. Well, I do do occasionally clip, but I can't really say that I've sat down and watched an entire Alabama football game in recent memory, to be honest with you. But... You're right. Right now, they're at a different level, and you talk about the other teams that are, you know, in the top five or whatever. But you really don't see any of them being able to beat them. Could Clemson beat them? I doubt it. Could Ohio State beat them? I doubt it. Could Oklahoma beat them? Probably not. Notre Dame? Probably not. I mean, you just go right down the list, and they're just at a different level right now. Everybody else is playing catch up, and so give Nick Saban credit. I mean, there are those out there who say if he's not the best college football coach ever. He certainly is right there at the top in the conversation with maybe two or three others. So it's a machine. What can you say? They go out there every week. They destroy people. And (laughs) until somebody knocks them off, uh, they're the best team in the country. And I don't know if that's going to happen this year. Yeah, it's uh, it's frustrating because you want to see different teams at the top of the mountain. But also it is... uh... It's beautiful to watch a team execute the way they do, and you just don't see it in other games on Saturdays. And speaking of that, Jeff, you, you sure, certainly didn't see it from the offenses Saturday at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. That was a rough one for both South Carolina and East Carolina. And, Jeff, as you know, we, we get a lot of calls after the game, a lot of comments. I'm sure you get asked, too, from people, you know, what's going on with the offense, with the coordinator, quarterback, receivers dropping balls, all you know, all, all of the above. Uh, what, what's your, your take on right now the, the quarterback position and really, I guess, Mike Houston, Donnie Kirks, Patrick's, uh, I guess, weariness of going to somebody other than Holden Aylers. They, they just seem like they're not ready to go that route yet. And Mike Houston, you know, doubled down this week, said Holden gives him the best chance to win. He's the guy. And it just sounds like nobody behind Holden Aylers right now, they have uh, confidence or trust in, in anybody to go out there and uh, move the ball down the field. 
Well, you mentioned the word trust, Clip, and I trust the coach's judgment. I mean, they're there with the players each and every day. They spend countless hours with them on the practice field and watching tape and in meetings, and they feel that Holton is the guy that gives them the best chance to win. As you mentioned, and, and obviously they just don't feel like Mason Garcia is ready to put uh, put him in the game yet. So that's their decision to make. And as uh, Pirates fans, I know they certainly have their opinions on what's going on. But when I look at this offense clip, I think as much as anything, they've played against two really good defenses. And I know a lot of people probably don't want to hear that, but Appalachian State's got a really good defense. In South Carolina, the strength of their team is certainly their defense and not their offense. And I know in talking to the coaches after the game this past Saturday, they just said the speed of South Carolina's defense, especially their corners, was even better than what they thought going in. So there are a lot of things that they have tried to do these first couple of weeks, and they haven't worked because they've been playing against two very good defenses with good athletes and quick athletes and good schemes and veteran guys. I mean, that Appalachian State team, we talked about all those fifth-year seniors and even some sixth-year guys and some four-year guys who have played a lot of football. And South Carolina had a lot of experience, too. Their front four, the three of the four, were seniors. And they have uh, a lot of guys who are just really, really good athletes. And sometimes when, you know, you're trying to execute, you've got the play called, but sometimes you're going up against somebody who might be a little bit better, a little bit quicker, and it can blow that play up. So I think as much as anything, it's been the defenses that East Carolina has played against. Now, can they do a lot better? Yes. You mentioned the drop balls. Yes, you can do better as far as that's concerned. But I'll tell you what really has me concerned uh, about this offense, Clip, is they cannot, and I mean cannot, convert on third down. Yeah. And that was a problem last year. I mean, last year at the end of the season, the Pirates were only 31% on third down, and it's, it's even worse this year. So th- they've got to find a way to figure that out. That's going to be one of my first questions to Donnie Kirkpatrick this week. Mm-hmm. What can you guys do to get better on third down? Because you know and, and everybody knows watching these first two games, I mean, how many three downs and out series have we seen? So they've got to try and figure that out. I, I think they've got enough weapons that they're going to be able to score. In fact, Cliff, you know, when uh, you and I talked before the season started, I said, I, I think this team's going to be able to score points. My question was, are they going to be able to stop anybody? Well, they've done a pretty good job defensively, and now offensively they're they're searching to, to get things going. So we'll see. It's not going to be easy this week. Uh, I know in these games against Marshall, this doesn't matter really who the coach is, Cliff, down through the years, and I've worked with eight of them now at ECU, wow. coaches in football. Uh, going into a Marshall game, regardless of who the coach is, the coaches would come out of those games and say to me this. They would say, when I looked out on the field, I think Steve Logan was the first one to say this. When I looked out on the field and I watched the games, coached the games, you had two very evenly matched teams. The teams almost mirrored each other as far as how they looked physically, how good they were athletically, the speed and quickness, the strength, the size. They just about mirror each other every time East Carolina and Marshall match up and and that's understandable because oftentimes these two schools are recruiting against each other from the same talent pool. So I would expect that to be the case again on Saturday. I think you'll see two teams that match up well against each other. But the difference is, just like we talked about going into the Appalachian State game, Marshall, like Appalachian, knows how to win. They have yeah. a winning culture. 
and East Carolina's had six straight losing seasons. And that is a factor when you go into games. Well said. Jeff Charles joining us on the Fixed NC Live line. Jeff will wrap it up with baseball. Bad loss uh, for the Reds last night. They lose to the Pirates, but just a half game behind the Cardinals for the final wild card spot. Now, whoever wins that second wild card spot is going to have to meet up with the Dodgers and uh, or, or the uh, I guess the Giants, but it looks like it's going to be the Dodgers, and that may not be a, a pleasant experience, but it uh, would be nice, Jeff. Uh, we've talked over the years about the Reds and trying to to rebuild trying to turn into a winner and uh just making the postseason will be big for uh cincinnati this year yeah it really would it'd be good for the franchise obviously there is some excitement back with cincinnati baseball and i think that would be good that's good to see uh david bell who just a few years ago was over with the mudcats as the manager with the mudcats the manager now with uh, the cincinnati reds so it would be good for a, a young skipper like that to get his team into the playoffs, and, and they've had kind of an interesting year. Some guys who they thought were going to have big years, like Eugenio Suarez, has really struggled this year. He's hit a few home runs here lately, but, uh, you know, they were expecting more out of him. Their pitching at times has been up and down. But through it all, and it is a marathon, they have been able to hang in there, and they've gotten themselves in a position now to get in the playoffs. And, Cliff, as we talk baseball just a bit, you probably saw the story, and I mentioned it on my sportscast today about Ryan Braun. Yeah. hanging it up with the Milwaukee Brewers. And, you know, what a great career he had. Uh, over 300 home runs with Milwaukee, the all-time home run hitting uh, champion with the Milwaukee franchise. And so that was an interesting story that developed in baseball, 37 years old. He's had some injury problems here the last couple of years. But Ryan Braun, in his prime for about a six-year period there, was about as good as anybody in baseball. And now at age 37, I think the years and the injuries have caught up to him and he decided to retire, but he's probably a guy that, you know, is on the fence, you know, as far as the Hall of Famer is concerned. I don't know if he's quite there, but, you know, he's certainly in the conversation, I would think. He is, and he's also got the performance-enhancing drugs uh, attached to him as well, Jeff, and we've seen that uh, keep people out of the Hall of Fame. I think one day, uh, I don't know, I think one day maybe all these guys who are not in due to them being attached to that might might get in. Uh, when 10, 20 years go, you know, down the road, Jeff. But that's something that's uh, keeping these uh, these greats out of the Hall of Fame, at least to this point. Yeah, it really is. And that's a really good point, Clip. And he was caught up in all of that in that Miami situation a few yeah. years ago. So that's, uh, that's a black mark against him. There's yeah. no question. Jeff. Uh, he really had a great career. No doubt. No doubt he did. Jeff, uh, always enjoyed the chat. Have a great call coming up on saturday we'll check in with you on the bud light pregame tailgate and also uh hear your interviews with donnie kirkpatrick and blake harrell we appreciate your time today voice and uh, we'll talk to you again soon thanks so much cliff look forward to it next week jeff charles joining us on the fixed nc live line let's take a time out we'll come back hour two of pirate radio live wager mcgee is in the house and he has a ton of games he likes this weekend We'll try to go over them all, uh, college and NFL. We'll do that when we return after this. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Select Bank and Trust. Banking is banking until the service is not the same. Wouldn't you like to deal with a bank that is responsive to your needs, can make local decisions, and cares about you, the customer? Try Select Bank and Trust. Bank local. Bank select. 
SelectBank.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Town Insurance is your premier independent insurance agency. From maximizing opportunities to minimizing risk, Town's insurance advisors offer expert professional advice to clients of all sizes. For personal or business insurance questions, call 756-8300 today. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Rock. Back with you on Pirate Radio Live here on a Wednesday. It's a Wednesday with Wager. We are already running late, so I don't even have time to ask how he's doing. I do have time to say uh, that last week on the show, I jotted down some of your favorites. Four and five in college, five and four in the NFL. Now, this is on Wednesday. You were an even nine and nine, but uh, you apparently had a good weekend, correct? I did, yeah. On the So, I'm in the, the three Vegas contests. And anybody can go online and see those before kickoff, so we have to submit them like saturday it's the golden nugget contest which is seven a week uh circa uh nfl picks and then the westgate so anybody can go on to those sites and look at them and you can see what everybody picks if people care about it uh and then they're up and available before kickoff for all those games and i'm wager mcgee in all three of those contests so we were five and oh three one and one and five and two awesome long way to go Long, yeah, week one, and they have a new added week for us to win or lose at the end of the NFL sure. season. Bonus. All right, uh, let's uh, get right into it. East Carolina, 10-point dogs against Marshall. And last week, you liked South Carolina. You were on the winning side of a very ugly football game. I liked the Pirates outright, and when it was 14 to nothing, I was feeling really good, and we know what happened the rest of that game. Uh, this week, are you going against the Pirates again? right now i would yes i, I would, am i i would i would lean up. i just don't know what marshall is though right i mean they beat navy 49 7 and well, it sounds like our south carolina conversation last week we don't know what they are marshall's better than south carolina true yeah, or I mean, false uh, to be determined yeah i mean because okay i mean i think it's you gotta look at schedules i mean like i said 49 7 navy but navy's really not very good and then I, I can't remember the fcs team they beat 44 to 10 last week north so. carolina central show some respect uh, there you go all right uh new head coach offense coordinator defense coordinators gotten focused but still it's a new i mean new system there so um I don't know. They're currently number two pass defense in the country, so I guess we're going to see. But then if you look at the totals, that's why I looked at. So you would think then Marshall should be able to slow ECU down or stop them, but the total was released at 53.5, and and it's moved up five points to 58.5. So it doesn't really sound like the Sharps that jumped on it, if that is who jumped on it early, think that's going to be a low-scoring game. So that's a tough place to play. they got to be pretty excited. So, yes, until ECU shows anything, I I would... 10 maybe seems a little too much, but Marshall or nothing. Let's run through this action. I wrote down the, the teams you like this week. We'll hit a, a minute or two on each game. UCF on the road at Louisville. The Cardinals looked awful against Ole Miss week one. I didn't see who they played week two. Uh, UCF, let's see, they beat Boise, and then I don't know what they did week two. Uh, they they won 63-14 to 14 over Bethune-Cookman. Okay, so. UNC Louisville, it's awful. They were laying... 28 and they were up 30 to 3 and wide open touchdown and the receiver you know drops as the celebration drops the ball in the one yard line going into the end zone with nobody around them bad beat so they won by 27 uh you think that ucf should be a seven point favorite at louisville you like the uh knights i do yeah i, I think i just 
there's a lot a lot of look ads and bad spots and things like that but also you know last year with ucf number number one they're six and three against spread the last nine non-conference which goes over three seasons i think they could make a case for being in the playoffs right they already got a really good win over boise they're gonna have to beat cincinnati number two rushing defense right now in the country number two total offense lead the country in touchdowns 14 total touchdowns in two games 622 yards a game I just think Louisville's going to have a hard time. Louisville has to run the ball. Going to have a hard time. Remember last year, week two, I think, UCF went to Georgia Tech, off Georgia Tech having a good win and just rolled them 48-21 but put up 660 yards. Should have beat them a lot worse. It seems like a similar spot. So, yeah, I'd I'd lay the seven uh, with UCF on the road. You're also laying seven and a half on the road with what you have called in the past the worst college football coach in the country. (laughs) What are you doing there with Maryland? I, I, Maryland's quarterback and receivers are even worse, I think. So number 120, right? Currently, we're we're going. I mean, it's two two game sample, but you got to use these sometimes, right? So, and Illinois has actually played three games, so we've seen them in week zero as well. 120th ranked total defense, averaging uh, giving up almost 500 yards of play. I watched them last week against Virginia. I saw Had some Virginia. Yeah. Quarterback is challenge he doesn't have much time and those receivers that don't help him at all they drop a ton of passes um maryland's got Tua's brother right yep little Tua's new Tua, i think is uh, going, yeah uh right now maryland illinois is gonna have to run it you know they did that's how they beat nebraska to keep the pressure off that quarterback maryland two games in but they played a, they played a really pretty good west virginia team but and then last week in what could be a flat spot they won 62 nothing over howard so it kind of got focused, you know. Again, two and zero against the spread early on. Seventeen starters back. Two and zero. Two and zero. I like it. That's that's the game day T-shirts. Wager wants you to have a fun Friday night and take UCF and Maryland. Both of those games are Friday nights. Oh so. yeah, just like you know, t- tease them what you shouldn't do in college. Just TGIF doesn't come on anymore. There's no full house. There's no step by step. Watch college football and bet on it on Friday nights. It's just easy money on Friday. Get your get your weekend started. All right, Michigan State, Sparty boy. They have come out hot in 2021. I had Northwestern week one, and they looked awful, and maybe that was because Michigan State's good. Uh, we were against Miami last week. That turned out good for us. Wanted to upstate to win it outright, but they were able to cover uh, rather easily, almost win that game. This is a weird line. Uh, Miami, six and a half against michigan state and you are going to take uh sparty here yeah i'm gonna I'm get sucked in because it does seem like it's that miami's good for, due for a good game right so they should get they should uh have an offensive explosion here soon but i don't know if this is the spot to do it again and it, it, i mean it, tucker head coach tucker from michigan state didn't really have a chance to have any offseason last year they jumped right into it and just kind of had to go about the season struggled last year but nine starters back They've looked good so far. Again, that's a, usually a very tough Northwestern defense. Scored 38th and 42 last week in a game that they should have won. I, Miami's 0-2 against the spread. 5-8 and eight in the last 13 against the spread. And like we said, that with the head coach taking over uh, defensive play calling this year, I think the pressure's on them a little bit more. I, I think Michigan State, I think they're live. But again, probably they'll probably get blown out. But I, I like 6.5. They're catching 6.5 on the road. Probably do some money line as well. All right, 15 years ago or so, uh, Virginia Tech-West Virginia would be like a marquee game. Uh, Now it's just a regular noon football game. Uh, This one in Morgantown, and you like the Road Hokies. 
I do catching three. It's I don't usually like betting against West Virginia there. There's been other spots that are really tough to play there, but the noon game's different than a night game. There's a lot of teams in really bad, you know, my favorite look ahead spot. Same thing here, West Virginia. I mean, they really they shouldn't be looking ahead because they really need to win. But their quarterback Daigie really struggled against Maryland as well. I think Virginia Tech's a better defense. You know, shut down North Carolina and a pretty good veteran Middle Tennessee State team. West Virginia opens up Big Twelve play next week at Oklahoma. Maybe looking ahead a little bit there, and uh, I, I just it, it, it is it'd, it'd be great if it was three and a half. It, it just seems like a really tight under, maybe fifty and a half as well. Tight low scoring game. Mm. I'm taking the points. I'm staying away completely. Uh, Cincinnati. This, this is a bad bad deal for them because if they go beat Indiana, the uh, big boys will say, "Well, yeah, well, Indiana's no good." If they lose, you know, oh, well, Cincinnati can't hang with any Power Five, you know, but they're going to win, right? Cincinnati's going to beat Indiana on Saturday. Uh, Yes. In Bloomington. Yes. All right. I mean, laying four, they've got a better defense. I mean, I I think Indiana's in Indiana. That's their strength, right? Defense or offense? I think it's the offense. But, I mean, you look at, they got completely shut down by, you can't really compare in college. I know that gets you in trouble. But, I mean, the Iowa units that completely shut down Indiana yeah. is not. What they do week two? Week two, Indiana? Uh, I'll look it up. Go ahead. Continue on. Got the book. Um, they uh, they beat Idaho 56 14. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, good bounce back for them there. But the Cincinnati defense is better than Iowa's defense. Wow, argue. that's They're ranked higher. Every single every single unit's ranked higher. Number two defensive, uh, number two defensive backs, number ten defensive line. I think Indiana's gonna have a tough time. <laughs> Is Cincinnati's offense better than Iowa's? Probably so, yes. right? Yeah. So yeah, they're a better yeah. team than Iowa. Seven is Cincinnati out of conference is good again. They're trying to make statements, right? I mean, playoffs except for Alabama it's probably wide open, right? So all these teams can can stake a claim to it with a couple good out of conference wins. Seven and three against the spread of the last ten non-conference, and uh, sixteen nine and one uh, against the spread run. Yeah, recently it's four on the road, and in the end, I'm sure will be fired up for it. But I like Cincy. All right, you have Bearcats. I'll be with you there. Um, if you now Florida might keep it close. They might pull off a major upset on a fun day in Gainesville and get the country talking. But if you take Florida here, you've got a death wish. If you take anybody against Alabama. You're just like wanting to set money on fire. It's 14 and a half. And uh, are you doing the, the Bama slamma here where you just take everything? I think so. I, we, I mean, we always say ATB, which is across the board uh, for people who don't know that. And I, I tried to fight it this year, thinking maybe they're not the same. First half, the halftime score so far, Alabama, two games, 27 to three and 31 to nothing. They just, they're so well coached. I mean, I don't think that's a surprise. But in so many new pieces, you may need a roster card to figure out who it is. Uh, eight and three against the spread last year against the SEC. So jumping back into that and a 10 and four last 14 run. Rematch SEC championship game. Obviously, and all those pieces from Florida are gone. Alabama seems to replace theirs. And Alabama gained 605 yards in that game and scored 52 points. I, I watched the Florida game last week a little bit. And if you watched it, they're still rotating quarterbacks. They got one guy that runs a little bit, Avery. One guy that just kind of drops back and tries to throw it 50 or 60 yards. There's no intermediate passing game, so there's nothing third and six, third and sevens. To me, it just seems like it's they're going to be able to they're going to struggle on third down conversions, force them off the field, and Alabama will be able to grind away on offense against them. 
I think Bama could roll in this one. All right. Uh, I'll try to remember to keep an eye on this one during the Bud Light pregame tailgate on Saturday. We'll be with you at 2 o'clock watching games, talking Pirates and Herd. Mississippi State at Memphis and NC State went to Starkville, and that was no fun for the Wolfpack uh, last week. Now Mississippi State goes on the road to the Liberty Bowl, and Leach's guys are minus three and a half. There's a I listened to uh, Pick Central on Barstool and Ben Mintz, who's been on this show before, is an old Miss guy, but uh, he talks about Mike Leach as a dog is just fantastic historically. But what about Mike Leach as a favorite here? I, I mean, You're still going to roll with it? Yeah, I looked at the other side on that because I know Liberty Bowl is a tough place to play, but Memphis is only five and eight uh, is against it the spread the last 13. It used to be. They used to have a great ATS, but it's been a few years back. I think maybe when Paxton Lynch was the uh, quarterback. Um, but, I mean, that defense is one of the worst in the country right now. They're 128th out of 130 in passing yards allowed. They just give up 50 to Arkansas State. And I know Blackman, the transfer from Florida State, is Arkansas State. We'll interested in see how they do out at Washington this year, this, this week. But Memphis is 125th total defense in the country so far. I know you can't put too much stock in the early season, but they've played Nickel State and Arkansas State. Um Mississippi State's been pushed both weeks, right? They had to come back and beat La Tech. Tech and State. And then played good NC State. They could be flat here, and they play LSU next week, so it's a bad look-ahead spot there. But it's also a little bit of a a rival for them out of conference. Three and a half to 64 is what I kind of like on the over if if that uh, Mississippi State and Memphis defense that have been around for a couple of the weeks show up. So, But I I like the Bulldogs. Let's take a timeout. We'll come back. Wager always has a play on Georgia State one way or the other. He was uh, fading them last week. It worked out. We'll see what he has this week. We'll talk South Carolina, Georgia, Auburn, Penn State, Virginia, UNC, and then we'll dive into the NFL. So we got a lot to go here with Wager McGee on a Wednesday with Wager. We're back with more after this. responsibly hey everybody this is david glenn and you're listening to my favorite station in eastern north carolina pirate radio the voice of the pirate nation you're listening to hour two of pirate radio live this hour of prl is brought to you by select bank and trust banking is banking until the service is not the same wouldn't you like to deal with a bank that is responsive to your needs can make local decisions and cares about you the customer try select bank and trust bank local bank select selectbank.com now back to the show welcome back villa verde on 10th street and villa verde dose by the hospital are open for you serving unique and healthy dishes from the dominican republic order online at myvillaverde.com or the villa verde app order a family meal that feeds six to seven people and they'll have it ready for curbside pickup today whether it's dine-in or takeout villa verde is a platform for good now let's head back in to prl here's clip brock all righty, hour two of Pirate Radio Live. Coming up in hour three, Bryce Williams will join us. We will talk Pirates and Herd. He has uh, played for both of those schools as uh, he transferred from Marshall to come over here to play football at ECU. We'll hear from Mike Houston and the head coach of the Herd, Charles Huff, and make you a winner. All that in hour three. All right, back with Wager McGee. A few more college games to hit, Wager. Uh, we won't have time to hit them all, but georgia state you went with unc last week on a big bounce back they hammered the panthers and uh this week georgia state is favored in a game 
after getting blown out in weeks one and two and you're saying they shouldn't be favored i I don't see why they would be favored here so and it's a bad spot off of that as well so i i mean so far they've allowed 102 points i mean there's got to be a little bit beaten up got army in week one and then carolina last week um i i like charlotte so i mean it's again I, i don't think there's much else to say so they're getting four points I, money line as well i just think it's it's a really tough spot for uh georgia state off those two games and and charlotte's had a pretty easy last week they not fcs after uh, the win against duke so all right um south carolina i know how bad they are but steven and i both picked south carolina plus the points against georgia but i said i like the under you're leaning that way too right like south carolina i know they stink and I thought that they would beat Vanderbilt, but I know you don't know the local TV guys. You're not from around these parts, but Brett Kennedy from CTI 12 Mm -hmm. went to Colorado State. He talked me into taking the Rams last week, Mm. and I don't know if Vanderbilt won outright. Do you remember if they did? They did, yeah. Yeah. So now I'm going to take Vanderbilt to beat South Carolina. Thanks, Brett, for the bad pick. I kind of like Toledo playing. They're hosting Colorado State this week. but Uh, Fade the Rams. Yeah, yeah. Fade the Kennedy. Mm -hmm. Uh, South Carolina, Georgia, under? I think so. Number one total defense with Georgia. Number four total defense, South Carolina. I don't think South Carolina scores. It means they're 32-point favorite, and the total is 48. What does that mean? Figure out those 30. team totals. Yeah. A 42 to 10 is 50. 41-9. We're getting 40 to 8 is the expected score. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, so South Carolina's team total is legit going to be like 8 seven and a half eight and yeah, a half i mean 40 to eight is 48 and 32 point spread so <laughs> wow um i don't fun bet. I, I would take the under eight on that I, I guess georgia could get there all of a sudden they're just people saw that last week that's a good uab team and a good defense i, I don't know a spot or not but Did I yeah. their quarterbacks banged up or not who georgia jt daniels maybe not i don't know maybe i they, they can just grind it away there but yeah I, I like the under and the 48 there the two you asked me to look at utah san diego state i'd be under as well that's a 44 JT Daniels' condition is improving, but Kirby Smart isn't ready to make any decision on who will start at quarterback. So he's starting. That's, that's uh-huh. coach speak. For okay. He's starting, yeah. All right. Uh, let's hit one or two more college games. Uh, Virginia plus eight against North Carolina. You going to go with the Cavs? I, I I'm going to go over in this one. So. Oh, okay. yeah, but I, I do like the Cavs uh, in that. But um, you know, I I uh, last year it was a 44-41 game that uh virginia beat north carolina so it's kind of a revenge spot for carolina obviously they got right last week they were a favorite virginia's four and straight up and against the spread the last four in the series and i you know bronco is, is since he's been a coach there in five years is four and one straight up against them so he's kind of got their number a little bit but the total in the first two years that max been there with broncos the total's been 77 for the two matchups there and the total for this week is 66 and a half i lean to getting the points Virginia just slings it around a little bit there, but I think that game last week with uh, with uh, Carolina against State will probably give them a little confidence. All right, uh, let's hit one more. You have more plays. Good job tweeting out your uh, picks last week. That was cool. Yeah, Keep doing that. I think it, so that was the contest. That was the yeah. I'll try to do that. I, I forgot on the NFL, so sorry. All right, you uh, one tweet a week. I have no clue what this game. I'll probably just watch. Uh, try to keep up with while ECU's playing, but. I don't know anything about these teams. Auburn-Penn State, it's good. It's a cool matchup on paper anyway. Um, you're going to take the road dog in this game, Auburn. I think so. I mean, it's a whole lot of different things, right? I mean, 
Penn State played a really good, tough game against Wisconsin. Auburn hasn't played anybody yet, but has looked great. I mean, the Ball State team is okay. I've never seen Bo Nix play good. Yeah, that's I'm sure he has, but every game I've watched him, he has not played good. Because even that game, what was that? They beat Oregon in the season opener two or three years ago, but he didn't have a great game then. So I, we always talk about Frank. I was on Penn State last week because he's a, he's a bully. He loves being a favorite against teams that he can really grind away. But as a home favorite, he's 3-6-1 and one against the spread. Uh, last year, he was 1-3 straight up and against the spread in lines that were six points or less. This is the six-point game. He was actually 0-3 straight up as a favorite or six or less. So tight games, his spot is either as a big favorite or as a dog. A small favorite, he's not very good in that role. He hasn't been. And then, I mean, Auburn's going through a transition, but when uh, whatever his name was, was it Boise as a head coach? He was, yeah, he was four and one against the spread as a road dog, and that's where they always, that's where they always thrived, right? Going on the road, being an underdog, so he's used to that mentality, and he's got all the, he's got a good coaching staff there. I just don't know what they are, but man, they look good so far. Right now, I mean, Auburn's number one team or number one offense in the country, tied with UCF for fourteen touchdowns through two games. What cupcakes have they played? ball and it was a non-conference last week so um beat oh i'm sorry akron beat akron in week one 60 to 10 and beat alabama state last week 62 to nothing yeah so but i mean that's what they're supposed to do right yeah so they're not doing anything they're not doing anything they're not supposed to and they they've rolled up they're averaging 575 yards i i think penn state to me is the one that's gonna have to prove it because you know auburn's gonna have some better skill athlete a little bit more speed sec going to you know going to a big 10 i I just like him catching the six points so all right fair enough um you like trends right i love trends daniel jones four and oh against washington four and infinity against every other team yeah i've heard a lot of people that want that side right are they the home they're the home team it's at washington which means nothing okay they have a crap stadium (laughs) nobody's gonna be there yeah yeah dreadful game all right uh you like the cowboys chargers over you'll probably like the cowboys over every week uh they their offense is great chargers look good and uh you don't need to tell me what happened wager i watched the chargers beat washington but a million red zone opportunities and just weird stuff happened in that game but you think there'll be a lot of points in this one yeah they i mean they led the league in this week one week again but you know some teams are a little bit slower than others getting up to speed on offense and chargers got in the red zone six times which is the most of anybody uh, in the league dallas got to the red zone four times so and they only both teams only converted three of ten you would think week two is going to be better conversions that they're still going to be able to have those opportunities so yes i like it i i mean now with you know the late turnaround with the chargers and and herbert they're five and oh straight up and against the spread the last five games and I, you know if you look at long-term trends they're actually 12 and two straight up the last 14 and four and one against the spread last five against nfc opponents so i kind of lean towards the chargers a little bit uh dallas i mean was on the road with tampa i know they got extra days but they're tampa to now to la so it's a it's some long bi-coastal travel looking ahead to a monday night game with the eagles uh the following week so uh, but yeah, I think it's going to be a fun shoot. There's two or three, but that one could be a really entertaining shootout game. All right, Monday night. Uh, shout out if you had Lions 49ers over 72, uh, you would have won that. The, did you see the end of that game? Do you know what happened? Well, they were 
It, well, it depends on the contest. It was 41 to 17 yeah. with two minutes left. And they scored. They and got, the Lions got touchdown, two pointer, onside, touchdown, two pointer. Niners fumbled, and then the Lions had a chance to tie the game. It was insane. Contest lines were seven and a half, seven and a half, I think. But I think the game closed at nine. So mm-hmm. if you, again, where you get it, it's early in the week, it was seven and a half. I think there were some eights, but I think it closed at like nine or nine and a half. But. That's what the Lions do. The Lions just backdoor people. Yeah, well, they it seems did. Like, you think they'll uh, score some points against the Packers, and the Packers will do their part? You like the over there? I do, and I like actually taking the ten and a half there and, and getting a backdoor. So because uh, Rogers, if he is focused at all, will lose focus in the second half when they get up because they're at San Francisco next week, which is his you know team and going back home and all that stuff. So, and last year Detroit hung tough and i think it was week 14 or 15 backdoored him with a late field goal so um yeah i, I 42 to 21 and 31 24 were the games and you know the teams that played bad last week and the packers and the falcons were the only two that didn't score are going to score points this week so i think green bay will score a ton i made a last minute call uh watching the game with panthers fan chandler that i would uh take the panthers on sunday uh they were able to cover against the jets you're going against the jets again with the Patriots minus six on the road. Yeah, and, and rookie of the year, Mac Jones there. So I, he didn't do anything that actually cost them that game. I mean, he was they were really good. New England was probably the most efficient offense in week one. They were 11 of 16 on third down. They had four trips to the red zone, but the running backs fumbled two times. And Mac had a really good game there. Jets, key left, half to, you know, left tackle, Becton uh, yeah. you know, is out now for like four, dislocated his kneecap out four to five weeks. Um, I, I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball. They haven't in a series last ten games. New England's won all ten. They're six and four against the spread. The average score in those are thirty to eleven. And again, remember on the other side, you got rookie quarterback for the Jets without the main cog on the offensive line and Belichick on the other side. To I think there's a stat about Belichick versus rookie quarterback. So, um, yeah, I would I I, I like it. I mean, it's it's going. I think it opened at three three and a half. It's up to six, but. I, you know, I, I, Mac and that it, Wilson's going to get asked to win the game, which is what they tried to do last week. Mac just is like, you know, manage it a little bit early on and just not lose it. I really like, uh, really like New England in that spot. A game uh, you, that's not on the list here, but I do want to bring up. We have Panthers fans here. Like I'm, I'm starting to love the Panthers this weekend. I just I, the Saints. Uh, it's that whole week one, week two. It's the week to week NFL. If you are too high, you're going to come back down quickly. I like the Panthers to win outright on Sunday. What do you think about that matchup? Well, I saw a note yesterday. I think it's six offensive coaches for the Saints are in COVID protocol. Oh, right. Yeah. So one player, one water boy. They got a bunch of people. Yeah. So they got like eight total staff members, and it's at Carolina, right? Yeah. So back to back road games, if you want to look at that, which it is. I mean, Jacksonville up there. Yeah. You would think that they're going to come back down in week two a little bit. Um, I mean, Jameis has to get that touchdown interception ratio close to even yes so he's due for five picks yeah (laughs) Jameis over under two and a half picks on sunday take the over yeah it could be a good play i don't i i mean you're getting three three and a half or something remember i think last year they were really close but i mean you know our favorite bridgewater was the quarterback in some of those games and i think they covered both of those games against the saints last year tight uh games that uh that i think uh teddy backdoored but 
that's what Teddy does. Now, I mean, I see a close game here. I, the Panthers might play a lot of close games. Yeah. I mean, with the, the way they play. All right, we'll take a timeout. Got two. Uh, we might hit all the games on this paper. We we went pretty good speed there, Wager. Yeah. I got two more NFL games to discuss. And then I left out some college games, so we might hit them all. We might have time. Wow. Uh, we'll be back with more on a Wednesday edition of Pirate Radio Live after this. Pirate Radio. Pirate Radio. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Select Bank and Trust. Banking is banking until the service is not the same. Wouldn't you like to deal with a bank that is responsive to your needs, can make local decisions, and cares about you, the customer? Try Select Bank and Trust. Bank local. Bank select. Selectbank.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. You work hard for your money at Carolina Wealth Management. We believe that your money should work hard for you. Do you know if it is? To learn more about your investment portfolio, go to MyCarolinaWealth.com to schedule a free consultation. That's MyCarolinaWealth.com. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is Clip Rock. Back with you on Pirate Radio Live here on a Wednesday. Wager McGee is here going through the action, and it is bounce back week two in the NFL. One team that's going to bounce back in a big way is the Buffalo Bills. You like the Bills on the road at Miami? I do, yeah. It, I mean, the matchup of what uh, Josh Allen, a couple of things, what he did against the Miami defense last year in two games, he threw for 641 yards. Uh, 417 of that was in week two at Miami. And then uh the bills have won five straight versus miami they're nine and three against the spread the last 12 games and last year i looked at it the three because he struggled last week the, the the three uh bad games last year when josh allen kind of struggled he bounced back really well the next week they were three and oh straight up against the spread and he threw for 307 415 and 375 and again probably is you know regression to the mean to miami who really probably should not have won that game against new england but did I just uh I think Buffalo bounces back. Three and a half point favor on the road. So I mean, it's a it's a bad number, but uh yeah, I'll I'll bet I'll fall for it. You like another three and a half point game, but this time you like the dog. Um I don't know. I still don't know what the Eagles are. Where are the uh the Falcons? You you got the Jags and the Texans are the worst teams in the NFL. How far are the Falcons away from those teams? I think they're, I mean, right now they look like they're bad. So I would say the, you know, the worst team, you, you figure Green Bay is not going to be as bad as what they look. Tennessee's not going to be bad as what they looked in week one. Then the ones that looked bad that you just aren't really sure are Jacksonville, the Giants, and Atlanta, right? Those were probably the next three worst teams out there. But are you saying Philly's good? I think Philly is good. I think it's a good spot for them. Like we talked about San Francisco is going back home. They're back-to-back road, right? They were Detroit, and now they go to Philadelphia, yeah. and they got to play Green Bay next week. Um, they had two or three big losses. Lost Verrett, the cornerback, which is a, a big loss for them, and uh, Mostert, the running back. Both are out for the year. And if you look at the – I mean, again, their pass defense struggled against Detroit. I know a lot of that was laid in garbage time and stuff like yeah. that. But yeah, they, they dominated I know, they had one long touchdown pass. They had a. Well, they have something. I I can't remember. It, it was like some short drives. Jimmy G didn't look great. He only had 17 completions. Only two players had more than two catches, 
and you could guess who those two are. So really, they still weren't spreading the ball around. I think they're going to try to work in Trey Lance a little bit. And despite looking really good last year, they were, I mean, they're three and seven straight up and gets spread. One thing I look at the offense that the Eagles are running, similar a little bit to some old Russell Wilson read throw and also Kyler. And both of those two teams can watch, I mean, Philly can watch uh, film of how those two teams attacked uh, San Francisco's defense over the years because they get to see them a lot. And San Francisco lost both games to Seattle last year and then uh, were one and one against Arizona lost week one as a as a dog so and philly beat san francisco it was ugly and it was wentz versus mullins i think were the quarterbacks but philly went to san francisco and won last last year i think the philly all year long is going to be the health of the offensive line which they had nobody on the offensive line last year early on right now yeah i like them i'll take three and a half at home all right um i'm gonna go ahead and plan on losing a game sunday night i'm gonna buy the chiefs down to three and take the chiefs at baltimore and uh lose that one because I'm a sucker. I didn't put it on here. I know. I I, I mean, the hardball on Monday night as a dog or something like Sunday that. Sunday night. Sunday, whatever it is. Primetime live is. I remember what a couple years ago, they were a slight dog to New England, and they just they buried him at home. I know. I know. It's going to lose, but. I think he's like, it's ridiculous against the spread. I don't know if he hasn't covered. I thought that was a bad spot as as week one look ahead as you can get going out there. And, and the, we talked about it. We like Las Vegas. So the, the Raiders are really good in prime time. Um, I felt it, so smart winning that game, even though they probably shouldn't have. Yeah, it, was, it was the most stressful thing. I thought for sure. Somehow it seemed like they never should have lost that game. But the, at some point, it could have been a pick six in, in uh, overtime. I was really hoping he wouldn't kick that field goal. But – yeah, I, I, Baltimore bounce back makes no sense, but it should. I mean, Cleveland I Cleveland really dominated that game for about three quarters, and then Mahomes, as he does, throws one long touchdown pass, and then Cleveland starts you know struggling a little bit. And I was afraid because I had Cleveland plus six that for a second there, I thought I was going to lose that game. So it, you just if you just trust in week two how it's going to happen, I think that I think why we liked a little bit of why I liked Cleveland was the. The Super Bowl loser stat for Week One, and now I think Kansas City is one ten and one the last twelve against the spread. Yeah, take the take the Ravens as a home dog in this thing. All right, uh, people are clamoring; they want to know what you're going to do in the Wyoming Ball State game. So, oh, I love Wyoming. I thought we talked about that one. Nah, okay. skipped over it. Well, I mean, we bad, you did. I didn't bring it up. Yeah, hey, bad travel. I mean, I don't know if there's any worse than Ball State. They were at Penn State last week, so. Ball State, Indiana to Pennsylvania, now out to Wyoming. Um, and this is one where there's a lot of teams there in leagues and stuff. They're looking ahead to league opponents that really are like the prime you know opponent that they've got to beat because Ball State could win the MAC. <laughs> they play Toledo next week. Okay. That'll be a game that Ball we definitely... State is looking ahead to Toledo. Oh, we definitely which are going to talk about that one. Wyoming is the pick here. Well, I mean, I. <laughs> I, Wyoming's good anyway. They're 21 starters right. back. They, they, Boise, and Air Force have the best offensive line and running backs. They just scored 50 on on Northern Illinois, another MAC team. They struggled in Week One. I like them. It's a bad to me. It's a bad spot for Ball State and a really good spot for Wyoming, who's going to go back home after uh, after scoring 50 points. All right, you're an SMU believer. That is a that's a tough line to look at. SMU minus 13 at Louisiana Tech. But uh, you're going to go with it. Yeah, texters are 129th versus the pass. I know we didn't get anywhere near 100 last uh, last week. So, But no. this one, along with uh, the two or three other high-scoring games that we've talked about, I think even BC and Temple could be a, a shootout. 
Um, I, SMU's 119th versus the pass. La Tech's 129th. But SMU did get the cover. They they turned it on late in the second half. Um, they're a second, as Alabama, we talked about first half. SMU in two games so far, second halves have uh, won the second halves 21-6, 28-6. So really with some new pieces, making good adjustments, good coaching with uh, learning their teams. But I, I, I'm not trusting the, the Louisiana Tech pass defense to slow down SMU. All right, good one late Saturday night. Boise State hosting Oklahoma State. You like the Broncos minus four. I do. Um, where is it? Yeah, I mean uh, – Ohio or Oklahoma State now on a four eight and one against the spread the last thirteen and and Boise bounced back as they do at home, you know after uh, after the loss if they blew that game to UCF and and uh, beat UTEP last week thirty four to or fifty four to thirteen. I, I think Boise's defense and offensive line and stuff can hang with a team like that. They've got just as much talent to be able to to uh, to push Oklahoma State around. Oklahoma State's offense is iffy. Their defense is good, so it could be kind of a low scoring game, but. Yeah, Oklahoma State only has 13 starters back and only five on offense. That's a tough place to go. They struggled against Tulsa last week, so they've struggled both games so far. I think Boise beats them. I like the four. What did you have Kansas at last Friday? Oh. I had plus 28. Lost by hook. Yeah, 20, you had 26 and, and, and a half. half. No, no, I lost by hook. I was on Kansas. I was on the over, but I, I right. had the points. Plus 27 and a half. You would have won. Sorry, yeah, 26 and a half. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I, I got it up to 28. Because uh, I'm a genius. <laughs> that was awesome. Sorry, I, I I didn't even text you because I figured you wouldn't buy points like that. That's what suckers do like me. But it, it, it got me a win, baby. Good. I like Baylor this week if you That's were why I leading that into up. that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Baylor was, they get 10, they got 17 starters back and her new, um, you know, new head coach that really didn't have much of an offseason last year. It, you know, getting get, with the COVID stuff and then just getting in place late and everything. But they were two and seven last year straight up. One of their only wins was against Baylor or against Kansas as a 17 point favorite. They won uh, 47 to 14. And they played really well last week, FCS team. But I'm telling you, I'd love a UTSA. Just bet UTSA each week. They really grind out, ground out a really tough win in week one against UTSA, I think, which was pretty impressive. Baylor is going to be good. Uh, interesting thing. Obviously, Baylor, Kansas, all the and Kansas just play coastal. Yeah, we we didn't have coastal on the sheet, but the old uh, the old Buffalo coach and three of the good players left to go to Kansas in the offseason, right? So, and coastal just. Oh played. yeah, I saw a line. I was wondering why is Buffalo a fourteen point home dog to coastal? But a I mean, lot they're good. They're they run the same system that that coastal just saw against kansas last week and they beat him by 27 so yeah. and i mean not that nebraska's great but i mean buffalo was at nebraska last week got beat up a little bit okay all I right like, i like coastal uh utsa you like them minus 12 and a half against middle yes and then there's one game i can't find central michigan who do they play oh they're at lsu catching 19 and a half i love that one i think they're they played really tough at missouri week one it's a better a really good mac team um i, I I think they can hang in there. Remember a couple of years ago, they went to Miami, were catching 30 and lost 17 to 12. Should have won that game. That. You're right. We all remember those games. Um, Coach O, I mean, they, they, hey, what? Central Michigan, what color? They're not the brown team, are they? Blue. Um, they blue. Um, brown. 
He's not a good home favorite. He's 9-11 against the spread. As a home favorite, they jump into the SEC next week against uh, Miss, uh, Mississippi State. So, yeah, I, I, if uh, 61 is probably a good number, too, because the pass defense and uh, for um, for LSU run defense, obviously, we saw a struggle a little bit. And uh, the Central Michigan-Missouri game was 31-24. So, I, I, I think they hang on. And late late night, for your, your really catch-up, uh, late the seven with San Jose State at Hawaii. Eastern Michigan wears green. Western wears brown. Central wears the uh, dark reddish color, right? Garnet and gold. Almost yeah. Florida State color a little bit. Yeah, I was thinking about that while you were talking. What did you say your late night special was? Uh, San Jose is playing uh, Hawaii. so Ach, They um, let me down week one. Yeah, Hawaii's not good. Uh, San Jose's uh, the coach now is 16-6 against the spread. They won last year 35-24 in that. Really good team. Uh, ninth rated pass offense right now, including a game against the uh, USC and Hawaii's 117th, uh, 113th pass defense. We got every game on the sheet done and probably threw in three or four more. Just bonus, bonus free money. So <laughs> uh, check, yeah, we'll we'll try to not lose the juice this week on the on the show. Pitch. There you go. But there's like 30 of them, so yeah. I'll I'll try to post more than once. All right, wager, enjoyed it, man. Me too. Thank you. Good luck this weekend, and good yep. luck in all your contests. You did a great job week one, so keep that rolling. Yeah, long time ago. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Say thank you one more time. All right, thank there you. you go. Now we can wrap it up. Uh, Bryce Williams will be hanging out in the third hour. We'll talk Pirates and Herd. He knows quite a bit about both of those programs and institutions. We'll make you a winner. Open up the booty bag. We'll hear from both head coaches. All that and more on the way on Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this. Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Live well, move more, and hurt less with Kinetic Physical Therapy. If you're recovering from an injury, getting back into sports, dealing with everyday pain or fatigue, the Kinetic Physical Therapy can help you get back on track and live well. Kinetic has nationally certified therapists for physical, occupational, speech, and massage therapy all in a state-of-the-art facility on Arlington Boulevard in Greenville. Visit KineticPTGreenville.com for more information. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Rock. Back with you on Pirate Radio Live here on a Wednesday. We'll make you a winner on this Wednesday coming up later on this hour as Bryce Williams is here for hour number three, hanging out in the Pirate Radio studios and Bryce, uh, you're not uh, too pleased with how this season has gone thus far, right? <laughs> no, not at all. Not going well. Bryce, uh, yeah, send me a text <laughs> during the game. and So you were watching it, you were dialed in, and it was just a uninspiring effort on the uh, the offensive side of the ball as the Pirates lost to South Carolina. Very much so. Um, actually, because I was traveling, so I missed the first play of the game, right? Oh, boy. And, uh, but, of course, then I you know, rewatched it. I think y'all had posted or something, but... I was like, well, heck yeah, if we score opening drive. I think we were, were just talking about last week of, you know, how we how many times we scored opening on opening drives yep. and everything. And when I heard that, I said, okay, maybe we got something fired up. And that fire got put down real quick. So, um, <laughs> God, yeah, that was very frustrating. <laughs> very frustrating. And I mean, I think the defense played great. I mean, yep. 
Um, you get a, they got a pick six and a short field on a kickoff that attributed uh, ten points to South Carolina. Yeah, their offense earned the other ten, I guess. But our defense played well enough to win, no doubt about it. Oh, for sure. I mean, I saw, I mean, I saw uh, Coach Harold was you know sending pressure when needed to be, and it worked out great. Um, I mean, I thought we had, that game was set up for us to win. South Carolina was beating themselves. I mean, with the what uh, the fumbles, the then we got a. Two well, one touchdown called back. I feel like possibly could have gone either way. Yeah, yeah. But thank goodness it got called back. Then the one where the, I guess it was a tight end, you know, cross. It went along. So it went through a touchback. I'm like, well, y'all say you got your butt saved there. Then um, the catch. I guess that uh, Jeremy Lewis, I think, stripped. I feel like could have possibly been called. The guy was down, depending on who our refs were, possibly. And that was like the pick six. Oh, where, um, yeah. You know and. I mean, it was all there for us to win, and we totally just blew that. And it was very frustrating to some decisions I saw a few times, you know, with uh, you're about two yards from the first down marker and you're past the uh, line of scrimmage and you're trying to do a shuffle pass. Uh, that one really irked me. I was, I, uh, that was very frustrating. The, you know, the overthrown pass to convert CJ Johnson um, to the, on the, East U side of the field from to Holton's right. That was frustrating to know because I think CJ was like wide open, and I think Holton wasn't not, not too pressured or anything, and just sailed it over him. And we just, I mean, as offense, we totally blew that, and that was very frustrating to see. You know, especially of how many opportunities we had. You know, it's normally, you know, the defense is playing so well, and we just were riding their back and. Unfortunately, it just oh, it was aggravating. Oh, Naylor's eleven to twenty-four, seventy-seven yards, two interceptions, and you throw for seventy-seven yards in like nineteen thirty, you might get a newspaper right. article written about yeah. it. That's pretty good. In twenty twenty-one, Bryce, no. that is just it's it is inexcusable. You, you, yeah. it is, it's mind blowing to throw. I mean, their quarterback wasn't good, right? And he still threw for two hundred fourteen yards. Yeah, and he is not a good. I mean, their offense stinks, mm-hmm. uh, and. And our defense played well enough. Um, and you, you, when you came in, you wanted to see the receiver chart and how that went. And Snead yeah. had five, but only for 35. Uh, C.J. Johnson has been just invisible these first two weeks. Two catches for 15 yards. And then your running backs combined for three catches. Hadfield had the big one, and that was on a trick play. Yeah, th- so, Snead threw that one. So, yeah. Um, I don't know what what's going on. It's, you know, obviously holding on to have enough time and decisiveness. Um, receivers not getting open. I don't. I don't know what's going on. You know, for it to be like this. Um, and I know. do agree they played good defenses to start the season. Yeah. Don't get me wrong there, for but sure. seventy-seven yards passing. Yeah, I don't I mean, want to hear how good be, the defense. Yeah, our, it wasn't Alabama. No, not at all. I mean, we got. I mean, our receivers got. You know, if O line's not giving them time, I can see that. Which that seems to be a little bit of an issue, possibly. If receivers aren't getting open. Like we got to do something. There were some drops. There's I, some drop. It literally is. We talked about a Saturday, Bryce. You could point fingers everywhere. Oh, for sure. <laughs> that's what's not good. If we got to fix that many different spots True. or get something figured out, that's not good. I mean, that. I mean, not at all. So, as I said, I'm going to be optimistic each week, but my goodness, to have – I mean, I feel like we just had a perfect setup to win this game, and I know we've played way better than this. I, I'd like to see what's coming up you know, next – you know, this weekend as far as – you know any changes or just what's going on? I thought our receiving core could be producing more nets, quarterback, yada yada yada. But it is highly frustrating to know we were that close and just blew it. I, I just 
It was a and this sour. Has really got to be frustrating for you to see because you played in the offense that was so up tempo and was you know their goal was to run a hundred plays a game oh, yeah. and put up points and put up yards. Right. So for you to watch this type of offense has really got to be frustrating. Oh, for sure. I mean, I mean we just weren't getting nothing. I mean it's it's three and out, three and out. Oh, we convert this or we penalty here over legal forward pass or sell it over the receiver's head when he's. I mean to convert it just. You know, it was just very, very aggravating to uh, to watch. I mean, just to know we had, how close we were to, you know, finally beating an SEC <laughs> team. I mean, yeah, teams are good, but, I mean, SEC, that at least means something. I, you know, to me personally, because I never got to beat one. So, I said Saturday, Bryce, during probably the fourth quarter, I equally can't believe ECU has a chance to win this game and a chance to lose this game. Right. Like, Right, they should have won because their opponent wasn't very good and the defense was playing well. They should have lost because the starting quarterback had seventy-seven yards passing. Right. Like, I, I don't know. Right. It was just a weird game, and yeah. there was somebody who was going to come out there with a win. For and sure, it, it went down to the yeah, uh, final it, kick. Yeah, and all it took, yeah, the final kick. Of course, as soon as you know that was they were just pulling the knife out because you knew as soon as they converted, you're like, okay, yep, that's going to be it. Um, like I said, it's very first how close it was. I feel like South Carolina played – I mean, they beat themselves more than, you know, I think we beat them as far as everything that they did, you know, with the quarterback playing the way he did and everything that's happened. You know, I mean, it was handed to us on a platter, and we decided to knock it down on the ground. So, um, it, golly, it's just it's a big bummer. You talk about changes, what are we going to see? It won't be a change at the quarterback position. Stephen Igo uh, asked Mike Houston about, you know, is there any thought to play – Mason Garcia, Shirley, can you hit a cut 11 from Mike Houston as he answered that Tuesday at uh, the press conference? Well, I mean, I think that you have a, an experienced quarterback in a, a challenging game against a, uh, you know, a very talented uh, defense out there on the field. Um, you know, I think that obviously, you know, we're, we're continuing to develop Mason uh, and there will be a day when he is the starting quarterback here and um, you know there might be situations where he plays this year uh, but I just uh, I think you got to be careful with that because you want to make sure that you take advantage of every possession and uh, and I think that Holton right now gives us the best chance to win there it is uh, from yeah. the head coach Holton's the guy moving forward yeah Bryce and if if it's not a personnel change there's going to have to be some you know, fundamental changes, what they're doing, play calling, and, and Holden himself is going to have to play better. For but sure. th- there's a lot of talk, too. Like, are, are they using him to his best abilities? He's better right. when he is running. He's almost – I think he's he's better yeah. when he's out of the pocket making a play rather than yeah. sitting in the pocket. So, you know, do we see more of that moving forward? I don't know. But but with these numbers here, with the 0-2 record, something has to change. Right. And, uh, I mean, definitely Holden's had, you know, great games last year i mean definitely can make things happen but like i said experienced quarterback i mean i don't think i've ever seen i might judge and just hold his play on one play but the one play where you gotta know where you're at on the field as far as where the stick's at and the main objective is obviously get the first down if you're that close to the you know first down mark and you're trying to do a shuffle pass and realize you've already passed the line of scrimmage i've never seen it happen before from my best of my experience and it's just like come on like you're a three-year starting quarterback like come on you can't be making those kind of things no one's perfect but i've never seen something like that happen you just know where you're out your awareness of where you're out on the field and things like that i mean i've seen him play good and with some things i'm like is he making not decisive enough but then again 
you can turn it to the receiving core. If he's he's indecisive because he doesn't feel like someone's open enough, you know, you don't want to try and force something because that yeah. obviously never comes about. So it's just things, you know, we just got to get, you know, got to get better on pretty much all aspects of the offense. Bryce Washington had the ball against the Chargers Sunday in their territory. It was fourth and seven. Their offense has been moving the ball all day on the defense. Uh, Washington's down by four. Uh, Washington decides to punt and give the ball to the Chargers. Uh, I said at the time it was stupid, prehistoric, dumb football. Guess what? They didn't get the ball back. <laughs> Chargers ran out the clock, game over. That has stuck with me. Mm. I'm kind of over it now. Right. But for about 72 hours, I was pissed off at Ron <laughs> Rivera in Washington over yeah. that one decision. Yeah. You brought up the shovel pass three times now. That yeah. play has really stuck with you I, from Saturday. Yeah, I guess it's just... <laughs> three times in about 15 minutes. Yeah, and I guess it's just... <laughs> I understand. Yeah. You see that play, and it just keeps going over your head. Because, you know, yeah, I mean, you could (laughs) have given the offense another opportunity, so it's an opportunity lost. And, yeah, I mean, I guess this is one play that stuck out, the overthrow to C.J. Johnson. I guess it was the situation of, I guess it must have been third down or it was a loss of down. So, however it played out, we had to punt, I think, the next play or whatever it had been. I think just because it was such – had an impact on maybe you know obviously converting like depending maybe it's been like first down you know and we didn't have to turn the you know punt the ball and it didn't cost us to lose another lose a possession maybe i wouldn't have stuck with me so much but you're just like really but yeah. there was a lot of other things oh definitely and yeah. there was a lot of plays in that other game there's a lot and, and we we do this on the fifth quarter and uh it seems like the, it comes down to one play, but man, you can dissect a oh. game and say if you'd have done this in the first half. And oh, yeah. look, a lot of people are pointing to the, uh, and for good reason, the pick six on the screen pass. Yeah. If you're up 14 to nothing, or better yet, 17 or 21 to nothing going into the locker room, that game's probably over. Yeah. Instead, it's 14 to seven. South Carolina has new life. And, and you know, so for sure. You can yeah. finger point a lot of it's, stuff there. Uh... <laughs> It's a frustrating one. Like I said, I've still got the Pirates in it this week. I mean, <laughs> I, just because it's in me, but my gosh, I, even, I don't know. It's like, I don't want to have to start being, I'm not saying I'm not realistic because I've seen how we play, but goodness, if we play like this this week, hopefully not, it's going to be like, do, do I choose the different, you know, choose the opposing team? I don't know. I feel like would, I'd be so wrong to. It's used an opposing team, but you're just like, okay, do I need to just say... Look, you can do what you want to up here. Yeah. You can be the former player and the grad <laughs> that just, like, picks his team no matter what. Yeah. Or you could say what you really think is going to happen in the game. Yeah. But do you really you really think every week ECU is going to sure. win the game? Definitely do. So it's yeah. like a, you know, a yeah. conundrum yeah. in that big old brain. Yeah, are there. you dang right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll hear from uh, Charles Huff. He is the new head coach at Marshall. That was a lot of people, Bryce, uh, surprised that Doc Holliday is no longer the head coach at Marshall. Most definitely. Charles Huff has come in. He's gone 2-0. By the way, do you know Marshall? Have you seen what they've done week one and two? I have not. They have outscored their opponents 93-17. to Now they've Woo. played Navy, who's really struggling this year, and North Carolina Central, FCS school. So they've mm-hmm. taken care of business, but... ECU will be their biggest challenge to date. So okay. we'll see. There we go. Uh, but Marshall playing well. We will hear from Charles Huff, more Bryce Williams, and we'll make you a winner when we return on Pirate Radio Live. Back after this.
Hi, this is Phil Steele of Phil Steele's College Football Preview Magazine, and you're listening to Pirate Radio, the voice of Pirate Nation. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Eastern North Carolina's choice for window tinting, signs, graphics, wraps, graphic design, and more is Signs and Tint. Be sure to stop by their office at 801 Staten Road in Greenville, or you can book an appointment online at signsandtent.com. And taking a look at your Buck scoreboard, the uh, there's a couple of uh, ECU, uh, not ECU baseball, Lord have mercy, ma- Major League Baseball games going on right now. Uh, the Blue Jays are leading the race 6-3 to in the eighth inning, and the Red Sox and Mariners are tied at three apiece in the fourth. Orioles and Yankees uh, will go head-to-head again tonight. You can hear that game beginning at 7 o'clock right here on Pirate Radio. Cubs and Phillies kick off at 6.35. And the Braves take on the Rockies tonight at 7.20. That is a look at your Buck scoreboard brought to you by the Buccaneer Music Hall. It's your beacon of music in the land of the Pirates in eastern North Carolina. They are open from noon until 2 a.m. with live music every night, and now during football season, they have food trucks during the day. Follow The Buck on Facebook and Instagram for the updated schedule, and we'll see you at The Buck. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Rock. Da Buck. Da Buck. Mm, wow. How's it going, Chandler? Good lungs. Good lungs on that kid in there. I'll tell you what, man. He's got some good lungs. <laughs> He's got some good lungs, man. <laughs> All right, welcome back to the show. That Bryce Williams, man. <laughs> He's trying he to do his good jo- tight end, man. He's a good tight end. His John Gruden impression. He's been working uh, on it. Frank oh, no. Caliendo just released a John Gruden impersonation just a couple of minutes ago on Twitter. You ah, should check it out. I'll have to check that out. He's he's going over the rest of the schedule for the <laughs> Raiders. All right, that sounds like fun. I have to uh, <laughs> to get on that. All right, um, Pirates are zero two. It's doom and gloom. Everybody <laughs> is down on the team. What do we need? We need to hear the other coach uh, talk about ECU because the opposing team's coach always talks about how great the opponent is. <laughs> so let's hear what Charles Huff has to say uh, about East Carolina. This is uh, cut one from the first-year head coach from Marshall. This will be the best team that we've played thus far in the season, the best overall team. Uh, when you put on the film – There's nobody hiding. There's no, oh, well, here's a weakness, or, oh, here's a size advantage, or, oh, you know, they have a good system, but we have a size advantage. There's none of that. I mean, this is a real football team, Um, and that's not a knock to anybody we've played, but we've been in a position where we've had some advantages. This game is going to create a lot of challenges for us, Um, you know, very different from the challenges we've had before. Obviously, the first game of the year, the challenge was the scheme. Um, The second game of the year, the challenge was installing a new defense. Um, this this game is going to be a challenge because they're a good football team. Um, defensively, they're fast, they're physical, they're aggressive. Um, they got a lot of returners returning. Um, they got some veterans in the back end. You know, the safety uh, forward does a really good job for them. He's a veteran. He's played a lot of football. You can tell in, in, in his performance that he's a veteran. Um, these guys run to the ball. I mean, they run to the ball. They strike. 
they do a phenomenal job of getting the ball out. We've really overemphasized um, that they really put an emphasis on getting the ball out, whether that's attacking the ball in the air for interceptions or ripping the ball out from the runner. Obviously, we, we've got an issue with that that we got to continue to talk about and get corrected. Um, but something that's an issue for us is a positive for them, so we got to be aware of it. Probably um, the, the best that I've seen all year as far as getting the ball out or trying to get the ball out with a purpose. Um, obviously, um, I don't think their record is very um, indicative of their team. Um, they're 0-2, but when you turn on the film, it's not an 0-2 football program. Um, so our guys are aware of the challenge. Um, with that, you know, we, we got to make sure that it comes back to us. You know, it doesn't matter who we play. We got to prepare really well. And then we got to go execute on Saturday. I think, you know, having them here at the Joan is going to help. You know, hopefully the crowd can really uh, make it really difficult for them to hear. You know, hopefully we can, you know, get a couple penalties because they can't hear the snap count. Uh, which will really give us an advantage. So we're, we're excited about the challenge, but we fully understand what, what we're walking into. All right, there's Charles Huff talking up the Pirates, Bryce. Yeah. That's, that makes you feel better, right? Yeah, it makes you feel better. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I haven't given up hope. I'm frustrated. But, hey, we still have nine or ten more chances to uh, ten get a bowl. So we have 12 games. So ten more chances, obviously, to, get a, to be bowl eligible. Ten more chances to win, you know. But, uh yeah, I think he was accurate on the uh, getting the ball out. I feel like we did a great job of that uh, last Saturday. Um, so obviously, when you can free up the ball from the opponent then uh, or the offense, then that obviously gives people some chances to for us to get the ball back and everything like that. So, um, and yeah. Marshall has been bad. At, and those scores, I said, Bryce, you wouldn't. I go pointing this out to me. I hadn't watched their games. I just saw their scores: ninety-three to seventeen combined scores, mm-hmm. first two weeks. They have been really bad at at letting the ball go, turnovers. So now that nobody's been able to take advantage of that, uh, mm-hmm. or so far the opposing teams. But uh, if East Carolina can win the turnover battle, force turnovers yeah. uh, like they did last week, uh, Marshall could be in some trouble because they have uh, they've been giving up their fair share of turnovers. Yeah, for sure. So if we can do better, you know, do better this coming week than we were last week on. Um, making the best of our opportunities when the other team you know, gives up the ball, that would be great. You know, we need as many opportunities as we can get. Um, like I said, I know, we know, well, I guess we pretty much have majority of the teams we've had last year. You know, when we, I keep bringing up, you know, the SMU Cincinnati, how we played against them. So, you know, we got, it's frustrating, but we got it in us, you know, as far as the, the, the talent, it's just something, something needs to click, you know. Week one, Marshall threw two interceptions and fumbled four times. Wow. Week two, Marshall threw two interceptions and fumbled two times. So So they have been very careless with the football, and they've been able to win those games. You just hope they can be careless once again on Saturday. Yeah, uh, for sure. Pirates can take advantage of it. Definitely. Yeah, Marshall, I remember when we were there, I mean, they they like to – you know the stadium should be probably will be loud. Was a I was going to ask you, you know, compare a home game there because you've been at both places to Dowdy Ficklin. Is I mean, it pretty similar or Dowdy uh, gets the win? Dowdy definitely gets the win. Um, just out there overall, just it being Dowdy Ficklin definitely mm-hmm. wins. Uh, but yeah, I mean Marshall, you know, it's a neat stadium. You know, you're down kind of in a bowl and everything, and um, you know they definitely get loud. You know, it's you know it is turf. Um, well, I don't really like. I, said, I don't really. I'm not a turf guy. Um, like grass, but um, you know, it's a, you know, be a good atmosphere for the guys. Definitely a challenge. I'm sure we're working on some um, 
silent counts and everything like that. So hopefully we can just lock in and not beat ourselves. I think we you know not beat ourselves even as far as penalties and things like that and MAs and everything like that. So we'll see. Charlie, let's hear uh, Charles Huff five. He talked about ECU quarterback holding Aylers. Yeah, I think exactly what you said. You can see he's a veteran. You know, he doesn't get rattled. I mean, those guys have played two phenomenal opponents, you know, App State and um, South Carolina, and and those guys have done a – I mean, you could see him in the game. He's got poise, um, whether he made a good pass, threw a touchdown, or got sacked. Um, He came right back with the same demeanor. Um, He's a tough kid. You know, he had a long run there, and he got tackled and popped up. He's right back in there. I think, you know, you can see his veteran leadership. Um, you can see his decision making. You know, has some veteran you know tendencies to it. He knows when to step up. He knows when to run. When he does run, he's still keeping his eyes downfield. He's not like the high school quarterback. As soon as he takes off, he tucks the ball, and everybody knows he's running. Um, I think he's got good leadership skills because I, it looks like the guys play around him. Um, obviously, I don't know. I'm not in the locker room, but you know, it looks like they kind of you know rally around him. Um, on that last drive going down against South Carolina, you know, some guys made some plays for him. So um, it, it's going to be a challenge for our defense. You know, this will be the best offense we played. This will be the best defense we played and the best special teams opponents that we've played all year. That is Charles Huff. Charles Huff is the former Alabama running backs coach. They have a good uh, quarterback in Grant Wells. He has a running back background, so they'll try to do both uh, against the Pirates this weekend. Funny looking back at Marshall, 1994, that was a long time ago, but in the grand scheme of things, not that long. They've lost in the uh, Division I AA semifinals to Boise State. Hmm. And now, of course, Boise State's, uh, uh, I guess you, they're national power in football. I mean, yeah. they're a well-known team uh, in uh, Division One, what they call FBS now, and Marshall, a really good team. In fact, Marshall, when uh, since joining FBS or Division One football, went to a bowl game in their first six years mm. they hit a bit of a uh a lull in the mid-2000s but bryce we were looking at it they have been to nine bowl games since 2009 and they won uh seven of those and they've lost their last two but just a, a solid football program and i was thinking bryce if east carolina didn't make the leap to the aac is this what our team would have looked like playing right somewhat lesser competition right um you, who knows i will say i i don't want to go back to conference usa um by the way do you, are you watching the game this weekend bryce i plan to you need to let me know how what, what channel is you gonna watch it on uh you, you're gonna watch it on tv right uh if it's on tv but there's the issue this game is on facebook huh <laughs> that's odd huh facebook I and mean, i got the facebook you got the facebook i got the facebook uh <laughs> it'll be on cbs sports network's facebook page so do i have to like like the page how do i go about that i think you just go right to that page cbs sport uh, you probably would get a text from me on saturday <laughs> hey, i got uh, you i got I'm you watch this thing this facebook. is this is a weird one uh it's going to be on facebook now there are ways whether it be like hdmi from right. computer to the tv or you can do it through like a Roku stick. I saw there. There is a way to get it on the TV, mm-hmm. but you can't go flipping around and find it. How in the point. world does that come about? Conference, Conference USA. I don't know. Oh yeah, that's, that's true. That's not our deal. We're that is true. We're ESPN, ESPN Plus, and they find other ways to get their games to be watched. Right. By hey, fans. if I can, I if I can watch it, I'm gonna watch it. All right, 
So know, if get, it's on the radio, I'll listen to it on the radio. But I'll say, like, I like visual stuff. I like to see stuff. Mm. Use those eyeballs. I got right. kind of imagination of what's going on if I can hear it, but I like to see it. <laughs> uh, a, a really good football program, which is why it was kind of shocking that Doc Holliday yeah. uh, was no longer fired, although we, we or no longer there. We've seen these things, though, Bryce, where – and they had an AD change. Mike Hamrick, former athletics director at ECU, uh, took another position within the program. So there's a point where the uh, an AD says, uh, you know, I want a different guy in here. You've taken us as far as you can. I mean, Holiday goes 10 wins, 13 wins, 10 yeah. wins, had a bad three and nine, and then goes eight, nine, eight, and seven. And the seven came in a 10-game season. So it's not like he was losing football. Yeah, games. I don't really understand why are you gonna you taking us as far as you can. I mean, you've won. He's won however many bowl games. I I don't get it. You know, is it an yeah. ego thing when a new ads come in and say, "Oh well, he's winning, making our school look good." I'm gonna screw it all up, and what's I guess happened to us? But yep, um, I I don't know. It doesn't make much sense to me. No. Why are you gonna Why are you gonna fire a man who's winning? That. Mm, I don't know. Who knows what goes on behind the scenes? Rick says Facebook Watch app on Fire Stick should work. I wonder oh. if uh, I'm gonna see right now if we have like a Facebook Watch thing on this Roku here. Uh, I like Bryce being here because I feel kind of smart with technology when really I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> um, Shirley Rhodes, while we're doing this, we need to make somebody a winner here. I need to know what it is on Pirate Radio Live. So let's do that right now. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. 317-1250, the number to call. I don't think this is going to work. Shirley, what are we giving away today? We'll make it work. Uh, Lunch for two at Tiebreakers. Lunch for two at Tiebreakers. I watched the first half of Washington and the Chargers and Tiebreakers on Sunday. Fun experience. I also had an awesome cheesesteak and a wrap from tiebreakers on saturday someone jump the gun we'll have some more uh great food from tiebreakers saturday what caller are you looking for charlotte caller 12 317-1250 caller 12 is a winner we're back with more we'll go pirate radio outdoors with bryce williams after this the Buccaneer Music Hall is your beacon of music in the land of pirates in ENC. Open seven days a week. Plus, the Buck has live music every night, along with football. The Buck has a brand new 15-foot 4K screen, the only one in Greenville, and over 18 big screens with all your college and pro action. Sunday. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Hey, join Pirate Radio and Fleet Feet of Greenville to kickstart your game day on September 25th with a $5 5K. The race is an untimed event, and all proceeds will be donated to Robbie's Clubhouse. For $10, you can sign up for the run and get a T-shirt or skip the shirt and just do the run for 5 bucks. The race starts at 8 a.m. at Fleet Feet on Greenville Boulevard. Sign up by going to runsignup.com and search Pirate Radio 
It's the $5 5K Saturday, September 25th. And congratulations to David Stahl of Greenville. Picked up lunch for two at Tiebreakers. Tiebreakers is open every day at 11 a.m. and is the best place to watch your favorite sports while enjoying the best wings in town, along with sandwiches, appetizers, cold beer, and more. Follow Tiebreakers on Facebook and Instagram for daily updates. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's Clip Rock. All righty, back with you, Hour 3 of PRL on a Wednesday. Will you uh, continue to get set for ECU Marshall? Our pregame coverage begins 2 o'clock on Saturday on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. We'll be with you after the game on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show, taking your calls. We went a uh, long time on the show last week, was just showing uh, Bryce's uh, Bryce Joe's call from Saturday, and uh, we got some passionate fans out there, Bryce. Yes, we do. They're us Pirates, we uh, we love our love our football, and I could definitely tell old Joe did. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> he uh, his voice just kept getting a higher pitch. Yeah. Bryce said the screams got louder as the call went on. What yeah. about Parker Bunch's call? Did you hear his call? I didn't hear his. I uh, have it. We can hit it real quick. So Parker yeah. Bunch is the kid. He went viral for saying he went to Cliff Godwin's camp and was going to hit oh, dingers. Oh, that guy. We also, dingers? We and also it, think yeah. you should go hunting with him one Oh, that's one, right. One He's time. a big oh, yeah. fan of you. He's probably oh, tuned yeah. in right now. I like good. listening to Bryce's segment on Wednesdays. <laughs> let's hear uh, Parker Bunch's call from Saturday after the game. All right. Let's go to viral video star and swinging dingers pirate radio uh regular semi-regular he was on one time <laughs> parker bunch joining us what's up parker what's up how you doing bud good man what you think about the game today well i think we need to get a new offensive coordinator now when that's when that's coming from parker bunch that's uh that's a big statement what didn't you like the bad play calling or what 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 was bad today you know, I think I think the offensive line did a heck of a job. You know, Holton wasn't on his back all game, and the defense did a heck of a job. And I think, you know, people need to stop talking down on Holton and get behind him and give him some, some momentum and give him a chance. That's what I think. All right. I think that's a mic drop right there. I think I think he hit the nail on the head, man. Parker, anything? Par- oh, go ahead, Chandler. Parker? You just hit a dinger, buddy. There you go. That's that's what I was missing. A verbal dinger. <laughs> Anything else, Parker? I think they need to start banging some pads. There you banging go. Some that's pads. It. Banging some pads. That's yeah. it. All right. Well, good to hear from you, buddy. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we can get a W next week. Hopefully. All right, man. Thank you. Thank you. There he is. Mm, he said it, didn't he? Banging some pads. Banging some pads. Fire Donnie. <laughs> yeah, my goodness, that's bold. Yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, Parker Bunch has seen enough. Uh, but So we took uh, we took a ton of calls on Saturday. We'll be with you after the game on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show coming up this Saturday. Bryce will be logged into Facebook at 6 o'clock oh. on Saturday watching the Pirates in the Herd. But... You might find some time to do some outdoor things, Bryce, this weekend. Let's talk about so. what you've done uh, since we last spoke. Any uh, updates? Pirate Radio out. Oh, I got an update for you. For, before God. we get started, um, you've called. Well, what's the most like exotic catch you've ever had, Bryce? What are some of your favorite catches all time I in mean, the water? E- exotic, I guess. I mean, I guess you could say. Outside uh, the norm, maybe. Uh, I normally go. For the, I mean, I've called some dolphin or, you know, mahi. Uh, that and Wahoo. I mean, I guess that's something. 
wouldn't say exotic but okay i found yeah. something this week i bet you've never called it was a picture it said when you take your daughter's <laughs> fishing in florida and they catch their first cocaine and they have <laughs> these giant bricks in their hands uh you ever gone offshore and caught anything like that i Bryce? never have but that was a good expensive catch <laughs> we were uh chandler and i were talking about what would happen if you did that and chandler you were doing uh you're doing your bryce impression and said anna anna told me to throw it back but but dang it's worth a lot of money here yeah. well what would you do there bryce yeah it's a tough car ah, I, you could buy a nice house with that you could buy a lot of stuff with that um <laughs> and our wedding be paid for <laughs> i don't know i mean i'd probably take a picture of it and then i'd say i threw it back and you know maybe see <laughs> say just, i threw it back it just vanished <laughs> it's it's no longer you know, here. i'll wholesale that you know i won't even retail it you know <laughs> This is a smart businessman over here. <laughs> businessman. All right, Bryce, let's get back to it. Uh, what you've been doing? Love yeah, I uh, um, was able to get a quick trip uh, Saturday morning with a buddy, and um, we got we didn't catch anything crazy. I mean, I caught a you know decent size uh, striper on top water Saturday morning, so it was nice. It was a very beautiful morning. I can show you the picture. It looks it was great. Well, I mean, like the the morning was one of those picture perfect but, um, morns. Well. Where'd it go? It's kind of a cool morning Saturday, right? It was. I don't even know where it went. I had it. It got away. It got uh, loose. I think it swam away. But uh, anyways, yeah, I don't know where I have to do it. But um, caught, uh, you know, we went, uh, of course, fishing around the Pamlico. I, was able to, I haven't ran my boat in a while. So I said, hey, bud, you want to go for a quick trip? I'll take my boat. Um, so I felt good to let my boat, you know, run and burn some fuel and yada 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 but it was catch a striper and caught several flounder a little puppy drum we didn't really couldn't get on the keeper flounder um i actually had so we were fishing he said i caught several fish but one I, i've caught like probably at least six fish before this had happened right i get to, it gets to the boat and of course i'm on the bottom i'm using soft plastic and it just sort of picks up and boom takes off and i did nothing out of the norm just bam let it run you know, figured he's hooked. I mean, it's run. I mean, just peel and drag, and then pop, pops off. I'm like, you know, just re- and then it didn't break my line or anything, and came off. So, the lovely thing about fishing is you never know what you're gonna catch, and especially when you catch something that you know was big and it was pulling drag, and you know, gonna be fighting hard, and then you never see it. You're always in the, in the you know, the, the moment of like, what if? Like, yeah. What, what could that have been? What was that? Yeah. You know, and it's the kind of you know, it's you know, it, it sticks with you. Mm-hmm. So the whole fishing trip, my buddy was like, man. <laughs> You need to tell him what that could have been. Could have been a- <laughs> so you all talk about the possibilities. Oh like, yeah, he's I think like, it was a so and so. Yeah, you break down. Well, the way he's like, you know, what the way it picked it up, you know, was it steel? I'm like, yeah, I feel like it was steel. You know, he said, well, man, it could have been a big flounder, but you know, even then, could have been a slot redfish. You know, the mid slot redfish, and you know, this whole thing making me feel wonderful that I lost this nice fish that I could have caught. You're right. Yeah. And so you know, it's it's kind of a heartbreaker, but I kind of bring myself back to cheer myself up like i said i could have like those people this year in the big rock i think they fought mm. a fish for like nine hours or wow. whatever it was and then they pulled the hook I so mean, you went through like a, a few minute ordeal how long does it last how long did that little fight take you not that it was I mean, a no, fight. it was like pick up so i'm like okay and i mean most of the time when i was catching them before hook up reel it right in a little tension but this one was a totally different you know so i mean it was boom pick up screaming 
and let go. I mean, okay. It was, it was quick. So not a, uh, a five-hour fight. No, it was not a five-hour <laughs> fight. It was just enough to be like, wow, that was definitely something worthwhile. Yeah. Um, you know, y'all, you know, you don't want to say, man, why couldn't I catch that when I'm already catching fish? And, you know, try not to be ungrateful, you know, because I don't have, you know, you know, not every Now, if you got skunked, you might have been, like, and really I upset. If I got skunked, that would have made it a little harder. Yeah. You know, that would have made it a little tougher. But, um, you know, fortunately, I didn't. So, I mean, it was a good, quick trip. Um, you know, got there right before the sun. Saw the sunset. It was great. I mean, not sunset, sunrise. Um, it was good stuff. It we was, it we was still got time. warm weather coming up, Bryce. I'm not rushing or the, the warm weather at all, but... We are turning into like fall and then oh, winter. Yeah. Like, do you do any like cold weather fishing? Is that? Oh yeah, for sure. So the trout will pick up. I mean, shoot. I mean, trout haven't been too crazy. You know, this summer and we've caught some, um, but really when you get into the fall, you know, that's when the big trout come into the creeks and everything. And trout fishing really fires up in the fall and then into the winter and stuff. So, gotcha. I mean, honestly, good, the fishing's just getting. It, it's never really ended, but <laughs> it's just getting started. That's for a good way to trout, look at it. You know, okay. so it never really ends, which That's is cool. which is actually wonderful. Even like like January, February, there's Boy, still something out there. We're in the water. We're in you the water. Fish, you got fish slower. It's cold. I mean, I could deal with my body being cold, and you know, even my toes. But when you, I mean, if you don't have, if your hands oh, are cold, you and know, start cracking, whatever. Well, like they get, you know, just. You can't move. You're trying to fish, tie knots. I mean, it's yeah. it's challenging, but it's worth it. You know, it's, there you go. Yeah, so it's hey, we're just getting started. Here. Just getting cranked up, baby. Yep. All right, Pirate Radio Outdoors. I guess I should ask Chandler over there. You been doing anything? You been bird dogging or hunting? You been bird dogging? Why are you shaking your head like that, Chandler? Son, do I need to get Mike Mullis back in here? Tell you to shape up. Nah, man, I didn't do anything outdoors. You know why? Because I was out here watching ECU lose to South Carolina. All right, calm down, Joe. Simmer down. Calm down, Joe. For a three-hour post-game show. <laughs> Three freaking hours. You can have Sally from the Soup Kitchen host the fifth quarter. All right, we'll take a timeout. We will come back and wrap her up on a Wednesday. Back with you after this. Seven damn gaps. <laughs> This is assistant football coach Drew Dudzik, and you're listening to Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Taking a look at your stock market report for today. It was a good one. The Dow was up 236 points at 34,814. NASDAQ was ahead 123 at 50. 15,161, and the S&P was up uh, 37 at 4,480. That's your Wells Fargo Advisors financial report for a personal look into investing. Call Wells Fargo Advisors today at 756-6900 in Greenville. Wells Fargo Advisors, LLC, member SIPC. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's Clip Rock. All righty, back with you on PRL. Bryce, you ever seen uh, Varsity Blues? Do you remember that movie? Uh, that's with the big fella who gets concussions, right? Yep. I'm glad. Well, there was a spoof made on that where they they were counting his concussions. In the actual Varsity Blues, I think he had some, but they didn't make a big deal about it. But 
Uh, that's I, yeah, the, I saw the original, I think. That's the guy I wanted to talk about, Billy Bob. Because you remember um, they go to that uh, adult club and see, I think their school teacher dancing, I believe. Oh, man. And he says, oh, dear? do you remember what number he said? She's mm. a 10. Oh. A 10. <laughs> well, ECU is a 10-point underdog oh. to Marshall. I went a long ways just to say that. Yes, That's you great. did. That was I mean, great. Man. I really took you on a journey. You, hey, you combine that well, I think. Uh, Bryce, ten point dogs going to Jones C. Edwards Stadium to take on the herd. Mm. Two and zero versus zero and two. What do you got? I mean, of course, I got the Pirates. The hard part's the score. Obviously, Marshall's scored. They've a been lot in the forties. They, they've been in the forties both games. So. We haven't cracked twenty. I, yet. We haven't cracked twenty yet. So this, I'm gonna sound probably like a naive man. Uh, you know, I'm gonna break it down though. I think defense is going. You know, according to Coach Huff, Huff, Huff you know, our defense is you know really good. Hey, they played good last week. Our defense has played really well last week. Gonna put the pressure on them. They could turn the ball over. I mean, they could turn the ball they, over. We, they've shown they could turn the ball I over. I tell you, and we're, we and ECU's shown that we are good at getting the ball out. Don't you get me on you this know, ECU track this week, I mean, You're doing I, a good job. I think we're, we're, what we're putting together here is a good puzzle piece for ECU to have 30, I got to get my numbers right, 30, can we do a 35? Yeah. 30, five touchdowns. Yeah, 35. 35. That, I think that's very doable. 35 to 30. Mm. To, I'll just do 30. I'll keep it even. <laughs> All right. I was going to do 30. I went out with a whimper there, but that was a good buildup. I'll do 30. <laughs> I was going to do like 33. My trainer told me the score, and he said, what did he say? <laughs> I mean, James Winston. So I, I'm going ECU 30. What is it? 35. 30 so i guess marshall you know they're scoring but our defense is playing a role and i see the defense um taking advantage of the opportunities that we're going to create by getting the ball out creating turnovers so and setting the offense up in good I, field position yeah um, okay i like that that's i was trying good. to find the scores so last meeting 59 to 28 was 2013 bryce you were part of that one I was but 2012 65 to 59. That was uh, oh, I was what, there. at least one overtime. That was an overtime. That yeah. was that ECU. I remember that yeah. one. A wild one. And that, that was, was the quarterback and, sneak. And the funny one, it was not funny. So when I was at Marshall, we went into that overtime deal and Marshall pulled it out. Next following year, Marshall and ECU at the um, overtime and ECU pulled it out. So I might have been the good luck job. You, don't uh, you are a winner in this series. There yeah, that is two true. and one overall, right? That is true. One with Marshall, though. One with Marshall. Okay, all right. I mean, Marshall was good. It would be nice. Well, I was with Marshall at the time, but I, <laughs> I was kind of sour, you know. My brother, you know, just you know, just kind of. I was just in the gray area. There you are, thirty-five, thirty. The final score. You don't even need to watch the game on Facebook. Don't watch. Bryce it. just told you the score. Exactly. We'll see you folks Thursday, three o'clock, for an all-new edition of Pirate Ready Fro- Pirate Ready Fro Fry. Friday for uh-huh. Freddy Froods and Friendler Freddy Frut. <laughs> I am Fritz Frock. So long, everybody.